action. Don't laugh! This ain't reality TV! I take this action! That movie's stuck! Can we get serious now? It's the Fortress Film Society on The Chad Duke Show. All right. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Fortress Film Society. We're going to get that worked out. It's going to happen. I know it. Just about the reps. I didn't think he's spinning too many plates. You know, he's got to do the video. He's got to do the audio. It's a lot. It's a lot to take. It's still pretty loud. What? Uh, sorry. I That's a little better. Couldn't hear you. Um, <laughs> it is the Fortress Film Society. Thank you so much for watching live on Facebook. If you are watching live on Facebook, if you are not, no worries. Just know that if you become a Facebook subscriber, you can watch live on Facebook. It's that simple. I'm your host the most... Shoot broadcasting live from the Fortress of Solid Dudes, a beautiful place in downtown. Ugh, sultry and sweaty <laughs> Fairfax, where every single person that is in Fairfax is sitting in their car looking at their phone with the air conditioning running. Lots of them with lots of pro environmental things, bumper stickers, and I. It, confounds me a little bit since they're belching carcinogens into the air. They're not all electric cars, you're saying? Nope. I don't know what that's all about, but uh, we're not going to find an answer tonight. I uh, Oh, we're presented by Monk's Barbecue. I'm not sure if I said that. Monk's BBQ on Twitter and Instagram. I am shooed. There is Jim Jester. Hello, Jimmy J. Hey there, boy. Hey there, boy. Jim was nice enough to let me know that um, there's plenty of tickets still available for the 500th episode at Tally Ho Theater. TallyHoTheater.com. Uh, he let me know that there's lots and lots of people in the uh, private chat that have let him know personally they yeah. will not be attending. And thank you to all of you that have gone out of your way to making sure that we know that. It's really great. Uh, that is Loud Goat right there. Hello, Goat. Hello and good evening. I was mesmerized watching this man's fingers dance across the control board for the video for a second. Yeah. Uh, I forgot the question I was going to ask. Uh, would you rather it be too loud or too quiet probably too loud just because i'd rather swim in it as they say uh in the music than it'd be i mean tor is terrified of what sound is which is confusing <laughs> considering his career choice uh jester just seems like he's got too much going on and so i feel like that we can figure that out as opposed to being like if you have if you're horrified of dogs you got a lot more work to do than if your your gut instinct is just throw yourself on the ground and roll around with right. dogs I mean, right. No, 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 no. That's a pit bull. That's a you know an Irish wolfhound. Calm down. Let's see if they're friendly first. It's going to be okay. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, there's goat. Hello, goat. Good to be here to Good chat to about well. movies. Yes. And there's Dotson. Hello, handsome Matty Tube Stakes. I barely made it across the rope bridge, but I am here. Cool. And I tell you what, that sequence was wild. Um, this was a fucking crazy week because it was a movie that I felt really strongly in one direction three different times mm. and it was in three really disliked it then really really liked it and then really disliked it again okay um but then i don't think that changed whether or not i would recommend it to people we'll, we'll get to all that it's a thick one tonight uh the official capacity is of course it was handsome matty tube stakes time to pick a movie he picked sorcerer which, by the way, uh, I have no idea why this movie was called Sorcerer, and I'd like to say, fuck Harry Potter. I, I, and I always say this, fuck Harry. I, I spent 20 minutes looking for this goddamn oh. movie because if you just type in Sorcerer. You get Sorcerer's uh, Stone. 
You get eight Harry Potter yeah. movies. They didn't even have this movie. I had to. I had to figure out. Go back in the chat and say what app specifically to Dodson say this fucking movie was on, and then search that app. And even then, it wasn't the first one that came up. So, it just gives me an additional time to be embarrassed for people that like Harry Potter. But um, we're also going to talk about Prince of Darkness, which is, I believe, a blind spot for all three of us. It was, yes. Which is crazy because we all like John Carpenter. I actually thought that you had seen it because I've passed over that for. Like a, a, an official selection, sure, like five or six times. I just, I, I always assumed that one of you had seen it. I don't know why that was. I might have seen it back when I was like working at Hollywood Video. Yeah. It is very possible I rented it. Um, it didn't make much of an impact on me. So we'll, we'll talk about that as well. And I think were you guys able to sneak in the Gray Man? Yep. I was, yes, from Netflix. Yes, or you watched that too? I unfortunately did not. Finish All right, it. no worries. How about the other two? I saw Sorcerer. All right, we're going to get there. Um, it was a late start. I understand, no problem. Right. Uh, it's not a big deal. What does that mean, it was a late start? I was making this. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> if, I can, if, I can, if I can give you a tidbit of advice yes. when you're on the mic, say what you mean, mean what you say. It's always good. Understood. It's always good to do. Thank you, buddy. Or at least that. be better at coming up with bullshit. Yeah, like if you just say, like, like well, well, you know, I, that's the way the cookie crumbles. Like, what? what? <laughs> you're like, oh, you know that old yeah. salt. Yeah, it's like, what? Hey, so, <laughs> Jester, did you see uh, Prince of Darkness? Oh, Rome wasn't built in a day. <laughs> what? <laughs> I think he just, like, wants to get a quick line out there, but sometimes it doesn't apply. Uh, but we'll get to all that. I had Jester pull some audio. Do you have that, Jimmy J? I do have that. I wanted to get to this. It has nothing to do with movies, but we're three wrestling fans, and I, I listened to this today, and I wanted to get your guys' reaction to it because I thought it was – uh, entertaining and somewhat funny. Uh, Dana White is the president of the UFC, mm-hmm. and he does a press. He does a show on Tuesdays called uh, Dana White's Contender, I believe is what it's called. And a lot of the fighters that you see on UFC cards, they they come from the show. It's like a you know a tournament is they it a have. Podcast? Uh, no, no, no. It's a fight. They oh, have fights okay. every Tuesday night. Oh shit! Yeah, okay, um, I got you. It's kind of like the uh, the minor minor league. Yeah. And he walks into them without having any knowledge of the fighters, any preconceived notions, and just judges judges them on their performance that night, and then sometimes offers contracts. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is very cool. Um, and it's kind of an interesting way to get new talent into your organization. He was asked at the, he does a press conference afterwards, and it's like you know it's pretty rare that a president of a goddamn you know guy the guy that runs the show like if Roger Goodell came out every Tuesday and answered right. absolutely everything because Dana White does that. Vince McMahon would never do this. No. So he's asked about Vince McMahon because Vince McMahon just stepped down mm-hmm. and he had kind of an interesting story because Vince McMahon was just at a UFC fight with Pat McAfee and uh, Triple H and, and, and Stephanie. Stephanie. Yeah. What were they there for? I don't even know. I think Nick Khan was there, too. They were there because it was the same weekend as SummerSlam out in Vegas. It was just across town. And right? it was literally, yeah, they were at the arena and... I believe initially SummerSlam was supposed to be at the football stadium yes, out there. Yes. And then it had moved to another venue. So for whatever reason, they were like, well, it's a big event in town. Let's go on over. There's kind of also the big uh, controversy surrounding Vince McMahon and some of these old allegations popped back mm-hmm. up. And so he was, you know, kind of on fire uh, for not the best reasons. So it was, you know, it was a lightning rod. They yeah. all showed up together. And Pat McAfee, of course, is. Most famous person Pat on the planet McAfee now. McAfee also selling the uh, injury that he had been given like that, after the, the event uh, at SummerSlam, yeah. wearing the neck brace. I like that bit. Yep. Um, so they asked Dana about that, is the setup. Um, and he What's had a, money in the bank. It, it's an interesting story because Dana, was when Ronda Rousey was at WrestleMania, the camera flashed to the stands and Dana White's in the stands at WrestleMania. This is a year ago or two years ago, mm-hmm. whenever that was. Um, and so that story comes up as well. It just... It, I heard it, and I'm like, well, everyone at the table likes wrestling, so we should react to it. So this is just this is Dana White from earlier today. 
I gave him much better seats than he gave me very when low. I went to see Ronda. <laughs> Can you restart it? Because that, that was a really important part. Thank you. We're going to get there together, boys. We're going to pull that so rope in the same direction and get that truck out of the mud, put the wench around the goddamn tree, and oh. then the fucking guy falls through. What's that? Go ahead there, Jimmy. I gave him much better seats than he gave me when I went to see Ronda. <laughs> that dude had me in the fucking... I'm not even shitting you. First of all, I just told this story today to somebody, but I go. Rhonda says, you have to be at this event. I want you to be there and all this. I said, Rhonda, I wouldn't miss it for the world. She's like, all right, I'm going to let them know you're coming. Cool, cool. I show up. It's in New Orleans. I fly down to fucking New Orleans. I go up to, you know, no going in the back and any of that shit. Yeah, they're at the will call window for you. <laughs> I go to the fucking will call window, and, uh, yeah, we don't have tickets for you. I call some people. Oh, yeah, we found them. Okay, we got your tickets. When I tell you I was in the fucking rafters. Brian was with me, right? Brian was with me. We are in the fucking rafters. Tell me if this is fucking not true or not true. People were coming up to me and going, why are you sitting in these seats? I said, well, this is where they sat me, so fuck them. I'm going to sit right here. And, uh, and then they, I think it was McAfee, Pat McAfee today, says, well, no, you, you had to be in decent seats. You were on camera. The cameraman had to fucking crawl over about 75 people, kick somebody out of his fucking seat three rows ahead of me to, so he could just get that shot. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, uh, they let me know what they thought of me at, at that event. Hey, maybe Triple H will treat you better. Huh? Maybe Triple H will treat you better. Triple H and Stephanie were there, too. It's not like it was just Vince. This wasn't 25 years ago. This was like fucking two years ago. Yeah. All right, thanks, Dana. Hey, Dana, I just have one for you. And one more thing. So when you run an event like we run, and you have people that you know that are coming, that you give a shit about or respect, <laughs> you make sure that they are fucking taken care of, and it's that, 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 that. So when you show up to an event like that, and this is what I do. This is what I do for a living for the last fucking 23 years. Message received. You know what I mean? And there's no hard feelings. I get it. Vince is like that, and that's the way he is, and, you know, I sat in my fucking seats, and I watched the whole event, yeah, and then we left. That's like good. Spring that's good. Thank you, bud. Um, <laughs> I thought that was interesting, uh, and it's, you know, are you surprised by that at all? Oh, God, not at all. No. I really appreciate how candid he was about it, and it didn't sound like he was angry about it as much as he was just like, yeah, well, this is the way the cookie crumbles. I'd be fucking livid if I was well, Dan yeah. White. Like, I, just, I would never, I would hold such a grudge. So it's interesting that he does, and he must have a lot well, of Well, he might, but at least he holds it with a smile. Sure. Um, to, to his point, um, this is not going to be at all comparable, but at one point I had uh, politicked for months. The, uh, the UFC's first appearance at in Fairfax mm -hmm. was at, uh, at the then Patriot Center. And... Um, my boss didn't want us to go there. Doesn't he didn't like the UFC? And I just said we got to be there. We got to be there. We got to be there. Like their demos, male eighteen to thirty four. Like right nobody else. Yeah, no, yeah. Nine eighty is not going to be there. So we we broadcast live. Um, Dana not only showed up, but he signed like a bunch of gloves for us. Uh, Lavar asked for all kinds of shit. Fucking Dana <laughs> gave him all the shit. Um, and then he goes, "You guys staying for the fight?" And now Lavar's like, "No." I'm like, "I am." And he's like. We'll take care of you. And then we were right down. It was me and Othello, and we were sitting right down at the fucking cage. Really? Free, cool. free beers, like the fucking credential and everything. Like, wow. he absolutely, and we're nobodies, you know, but we were the, we were the radio station right. that was at his event. Mm -hmm. 
And even on the fucking, he goes, is there another sports talk radio station in town? I'm like, yes, 980. He goes, 980 sucks. They don't care about the UFC. <laughs> Fuck them. And then I saw him. That's cool, man. He goes over to his assistant. He goes, do we know anybody at 980? And I'm like, yeah, we know Zabin. He's like, all right, well, Zabin's okay, but fuck the rest of them. And I was like, this is great. This is cool. So, I mean, he's not bullshitting. That was 15 yeah. years ago, and it was just a local podunk radio station. So Yeah, there's no veneer uh, on him. I, I think if you have the chance to, I don't do business with Dana White. Sure. It sounds like if you do, you might have a slightly different opinion just based on whether you're sitting across the negotiating right. table with him or on the same side as him. Uh, but I've I had the occasion to actually run into him once uh, just randomly. They were in town. The UFC was going to be at the arena in D.C., then I believe still the Verizon Center. And they were coming to the sports bar to watch the Nevada State High School Championship or something, and they found out they just Googled that bar, and they showed up when we were just hanging out there post-game after Caps preseason games. They came up. They couldn't have been nicer. All the big wigs were there, and Dana White came over and got pictures with everybody. It was somebody's birthday, so he came over and said, like, oh, I can't have a piece of cake, but I'll sing. And I'll... He couldn't have been nicer. He had no reason yeah. to be cool to us. He could have sat in the corner and ignored everybody else in the room, but he was very cool to us. I'm sure doing business, of course, as you say, is different. I'm sure he can be a monster, but uh, that's I've had a, two or three experiences with him. That's always been... The case, and just Vince seems like that too. He seems like a, you know, like a, a raptor, like a velociraptor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like all that matters is business. So, uh, it was interesting audio. It has nothing to do with that's, movies. That's but, funny uh, though. Got to say, uh, Donnie, are you drinking? Yeah. I'm do you mind having drink. a little slurp for our buddy Mark Borcher? My God, I think he's on vacation too. He must be watching online. Thank you so much to Mark Borcher who just did a, a ginormous. Actually, Jester, you got some cans to go. I do. He, he deserves one absolutely. Right. Wow. If you don't mind, you're gonna be able to. I was worried about you. You did one of these last night. It didn't go so hot. It started off rough, but it ended well. Right, it was a very tiny hole, and then mm. Jester Suck started that beer through like this, the tiniest <laughs> hole I've ever seen in my life. Uh, let me go ahead and thank Phil Croninger as well, who's been on a hot streak recently. <laughs> Gravy. I know. I didn't even ask for donations tonight. People were just very, very kind. Thank you so much. We appreciate everybody that does donate. But, uh, yeah, Mark Borger went hard as a mother grabber, as the kids say. You ready, bud? I am ready. Are you going to hate Airboy yourself? Yeah. All right, here we go. <laughs> Eat it, boy! Alright, there it is. There it is. No spillage. No spillage. Look at this. Oh god, the noises that are about to come out of this, man. Well done, Jester. Well Daddy done. Is not gonna be happy. Uh, oh. <laughs> Normally there's like a build-up. No, you missed the follow-up. So you're missing all the follow-up noises too. His jazz is 28 years older than than Tor, so there's just that much more wear and tear. So there's like things coming out of here, things coming out of there. Also, the, my headphones are as loud, as, like they're loud. I like them loud. Normally, sure. I thought he was being nice, like, oh, he knows how I like my cans, but I think he was just setting me up for that oh, shit. Yeah. The oh yeah, time. he wants oh, yeah. you to fucking bathe in his stench. God damn it, dude! It's the long con. Oh boy, it reminds me of uh, when landfill dies in the uh, the big tub of beer, <laughs> and then his brother shows up and belches. What's his brother's name? It's not Tex. What is his? Wasn't it Tex? I don't think so. Or is that two? You, you looking that up? I think that's two on the nose. I mean, I mean, it was Beer Fest. I'm his twin brother. Yeah, what? Gil. Gil is yeah. his. That's his twin brother's name. He's just wearing a cowboy hat. It's just, it's just Heffern <laughs> in the cowboy hat. What a great gimmick that was. All right, well let's uh, let's start with Lottie Dottie. We like the parties uh, movie, and then we will go from there. The floor is yours, Tube. 1977's Sorcerer, directed by William Friedkin. Uh, starring, amongst others, Roy Scheider, Bruno Kramer, and Francisco Rabal. 
based on a uh, a novel called The Wages of Fear, mm. and um, also there was a there was a French movie that was also an adaptation of that called The Wages of Fear that came out about 20 years before this did in the 50s. Also has a high reputation, but I think we're all fans of William Friedkin, French, French Connection, Exorcist. Uh, this was made after both of those. This was in between Jaws and Jaws 2. Um, Roy Scheider you know, is in a movie where he, he gets the shit knocked out of yeah, him. Yeah, he gets real beat up. For Ooh. most of it. Also, the year Star Wars came out. Yeah. yeah. I read that's why they think it did so wretchedly at the box office. Yeah, yeah. if it came out in that summer at all, it was tough kind to, of doomed. Yeah, yeah, it's tough to stand up to that. So the plot of the movie is four different men, um, all in rather uh, tough spots, I would say, hiding out in Colombia for various different reasons. Not good dudes, to, it's very no, safe to say, no, too. I don't no. think any of them uh, have, have much of a moral compass. Right. They decide to take a job to haul dynamite leaking nitroglycerin across the jungle because the there's an oil company that needs the dynamite to fix um, a blown oil. Really rig. hideous oil company. Yeah. Every, there's no oh, one. To, yeah. Not a lot of people to on paper root for it's in an, this film. It's a pretty ugly movie. Yeah. <laughs> real, real, some real that. ugly parts of it, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's mean-spirited. I mean, some of it, it has that 1970s grit that we've seen in a couple other movies that we've covered. But, you know, we've, we've said so many times, at least I believe, I think the 70s are, are the, de- the best decade yeah. for Hollywood. And uh, this, was, this was a major blind spot. Um, you know, it, it's kind of making a resurgence, almost like Thief, right? Where, like, we, when we, back when we covered Thief, you think of, like, all the Michael Mann movies that are get get you know continuous praise, like sure. collateral, like Heat, mm-hmm. The Insider, even um, you know Miami Vice is coming up, but like not as many people are looking back to Heat. And same thing with this movie. From from what I had understood before we watched it, you see all this praise for Friedkin with especially Exorcist and French Connection. Well, obviously, but yeah. People aren't talking about this one as much. I'd and, never and, heard of it. You know, I it, have to admit, I was unaware yeah. of it as well. So it, yeah, if you do re- research on like its reputation, like people call it, it's like an unsung masterpiece. It's a movie that like was overlooked, but you know, belongs in the Hall of Fame of the '70s with like what um, Sidney Lumet was putting out and other like prolific directors from that from that decade. Um, I, I'm I'm with you, Daddy. First of all, the opening sequence. I don't know what country they're in, where there's that whole terrorism thing where they, they blow up the bus. It's very William Friedkin. Like it yeah. reminded me so much of the opening of The Exorcist when they're excavating and they find the statue of the demon. And it's just like there's no music. There's all these strange sounds. And I said this to my wife as I'm watching it. I'm like, every movie that I watched that came out in 1990 and after, I'm so aware that everyone is acting. Like everyone is just nobody. Even if you're a really yeah. good actor, like when Tom Cruise, the camera's on him, I'm like, he's powerful, but he's acting. He doesn't seem like a normal person. I mean, people don't act that way. They're ru- they're running around in the streets and like those guys like smoking cigarettes on the stoop and there's just kids playing in the background and I'm like this just looks like someone dropped the fucking camera yeah. into wherever this is this it's- is documentary footage yeah. yeah and that's 70s it's what you're talking about it's like that realism is is what everybody was going for and the grittiness and I just for whatever reason it resonates with me and I love the no music bit when it's just what's going on yeah. um and I, I that's why I think I love it in in movies where. Uh, we talked about Michael Mann. When he does shootouts, there's no soundtrack. It all drops out and it just... Yeah. And then by the end, you know, if something's building towards whatever the culmination, then he'll, he'll drop music in. But that kind of immediately, when I first fired up this movie, I was drawn to it because of that. And speaking of Thief, uh, teen, uh, Tangerine Dream did yeah. the soundtrack for this movie as well. And when it's used, I think it is used really well. But you're absolutely right. Like the use of silence or the, the lack of, of music or score can be incredibly effective and, and happens. I mean, you see it all over The Exorcist, too. Sure. 
um, or, or French Connection in that car chase. There's no music. It's just, you know, the sound of metal on metal, and it's, it's fucking great. Yeah, I think to your point about realism, uh, I believe they're in Israel in that sequence yeah. where the guy leaves his bag behind on the steps, and for a second you're going, oh, no, that guy left his bag. Wait a Wait second. Wait a second. I'm not 100% convinced that everyone that was standing around that bomb, that explosion, knew that explosion was coming. Hmm. I mean, th there were some people that just went flying when it happened. I, if Praise be to them as stunt performers if they pulled it off that convincingly. Right. There was no real visual that indicated there was any safety measure taken for half of the people that got knocked to the ground there it was, was it yeah. was really really there was a scene later in the movie too when the um when the there's that explosion at the oil well and they're dragging all yeah. the bodies back and there's this riot and they're rocking the and i'm like this doesn't look like a movie yeah. this looks like they dropped the camera in on a riot and you look at these people they have to be extras right they had to go to some colombian village and just said do you want to be in a fucking movie them yeah. these people are you would think those are their relatives they're dragging off that mm -hmm. yeah. that truck. Like it's it's it was striking at times because I love Roy Scheider, but when Roy Scheider's swinging the fucking machete in the and trying to we're gonna make it through, it's like all right, yeah, Brody, yeah. I get it. You're gonna blow the fucking shark up. Like you know he's acting and it's <laughs> yeah. it's fine, but just when you're in a movie and you're like I don't know if this is it just feels like a documentary. I, I always. It just feels like it's a very difficult. It must be a very difficult thing to try to pull well, off. And all the on-location shooting helps with that too. Is right. like they're clearly in these fucking villages, in these jungles, you know, in these areas of Europe. This was two years before Apocalypse Now, okay. which I think was was pretty pretty interesting to me because I think it has there are some parallels, at least with like the way it's made, right, and like the the scale that it uses reminded me of Apocalypse Now in a couple different areas, especially with like these explosions in the middle of the jungle, these like the helicopter shots of the oil rig and things like yeah. that. Like I thought it was really stunning stuff. And, um, you know, I, I, I would put these together as like watch this and then watch this and just see how people were making movies at that time. And, and he did say that this was the most difficult shoot. How could, it, how could it not be? <laughs> Absolutely. What was the fucking budget of this movie? Like, I couldn't believe some of the shots they were pulling you off. You could definitely feel the stress that went into putting this thing together. Yeah. For every time, every cell of, of film that came up on that screen, you were just, it, you felt it. It was, there was no point where you were just thinking like, well, this looks like they had, they called cut and went and had a beer. You know, this was, they called cut and at the night they went to the sweat house that they were calling home yeah. for the three weeks that they were down here filming this. Or whatever, and it it came across in their performances for sure. It just looked like hell, and then like the corrupt cops oh. and just the filth. It just everything just looked so. The random dudes in in black outfits wearing yeah. red ties just hanging out watching everything that <laughs> yeah. I didn't quite. Uh... There's a bunch of people that I didn't really know what they were doing in the movie. Like I lost track of the characters because I didn't know what the fuck was going on when they were setting up the four guys, like giving their yeah. backstory. I didn't know that was the mechanism they were using, yeah, like, so I thought that was... Why did we whiplash from Israel to France? Yeah, I'm like, what? what to what? New Jersey. I yeah. even said, I'm like, what, what the fuck did I miss? Like, what? I don't understand. They were, they're blackmailing this guy, and now they're robbing a bank. Like, what is happening here? And I'm embarrassed how long it took me to put together. What was that? <laughs> I, th I didn't even realize when they were all in the, in the city of Columbia, I'm like, well, what are they all doing here? Like, I couldn't even figure that out, even though I knew what the movie was. Stupid, very stupid person. Um... <laughs> The, I hated the beginning of this movie. I didn't like any of it. Okay. I, I was so fucking put off. I didn't know what was going on. The characters, I only recognized Roy Scheider, too, so a lot of the characters, I'm like, all right, that's the guy, because one of the guys had a little scar on his lip, and that was the only way I was able to put French it together. Guy. Until, yeah. he, until he grows a beard. And by the way, he's good. Uh, he was yeah. good in it. Um, but I, it took so long for the movie to get started um, and to get into what it was that I was irritated by the time that it did. <laughs> but I'm only saying that to say that once it did... 
I was blown away by some of the sequences of this movie. The, the, just the beginning where they're driving, because I thought it was just going to be like a cannonball run. We got to get there, blah, blah, right. blah. When they're driving on the side of that fucking cliff and like just the the, mm -hmm. the dirt is falling away, like I'm yeah. having agita that whole time. Uh, the bridge sequence, I know we're going to get to it, but it's just like, oh my, how did they even, with stunt guys, how did they keep the cameras out of, how did yeah. they fucking shoot that whole thing? Because that's a big ass truck on there. Like you can't mm -hmm. fake that that's a giant weird truck. On this there rickety was no ass bridge. CGI here. No. Right. Um, there's some really, really tremendous sequences in this I, movie. I think in retrospect, I think the France setup sequence was the one that felt like it might have gone on a bit too I long. Ha I hated that part. Um, it, after they got, like you said, the main portion underway, I appreciated that they had spent enough time building up the backstory that you were at least familiar with the Invested people. Invested in the... But the, the France one probably could have been a little bit shorter. Yeah. But, you know, overall, that's a minor quibble on my part for that, for that entire sequence. I don't like any of that stuff. I, mean, um, I, think, I think they work because you have, to, you have to understand how desperate... You have to understand how desperate these people are for this job to do something this crazy because you have to understand the lives that they left behind. Yeah. Sure. And, you know, like... There and and there, everyone in, in you know in this village is is under unfortunate circumstances, but they left much better lives and are now in these circumstances. So that's why they're so desperate and so determined to do something that no one else would would ever fuck with. Yeah, it's a cool though the the the, the gimmick too. It's like this dynamite's over here and the the, the thing is over here like because i'm like how, how are they going to justify this like why like, can't they just why would they do this it's a different time too it's like they can't just fly in more dynamite from another place right. like we might as well just they even say we might as well just shut the dig down if we can't get this fire out um so that make having that make sense i also thought was really well done filmmaking as well yeah they definitely explained the motivation for everything for everybody's character especially like you said the the conversation between i guess the uh oil site foreman and the guy who was there as a representative of the company they're talking about well we pay for protection we yeah. pay for these facilities and he goes eh? uh, and you know yeah. th this this is clearly a corrupt government that doesn't care about our petty needs they've got our money goodbye um, the bridge sequence, uh, especially when at first, like, the guy that's Roy Schreider's partner runs away and, like, they're having that kind of weird <laughs> fist fight. That guy had a pistol at that point, too. Like, mm -hmm. you don't, re he doesn't, I thought that was kind of interesting when they chose to reveal that he had a pistol because he could have pulled it on him right there. And But where was he going to go? Like, I didn't ever understand that. They're in the middle of a monsoon in the jungles of Colombia. I'm like, what are you going to do, dude? You're going to walk back the 60 miles yeah, you just let me, came? Right. Let me just hoof it. Um, just when they, they did a great bit where Scheider goes walking out onto that bridge just to kind of look around. Oh. And I'm like, oh, then they got to go. There's no way the idea is to drive the truck across that fucking <laughs> thing, right? There's just no way. And then when he's like threatening him with the bamboo, like, you're going to guide me because I can't do it. I'm like, there's there's no fucking way that that's the way they're, they're going to get. And they did. And oh. it was they drew it out like a perfect amount. And then for some reason, when they have the big dust up where he's like, one of us will go high and one of us will go low. And he goes, you follow the map. I'm like, OK, they're going to go two different directions. I and didn't know they were going to have the other truck go yeah. over the fucking yeah. bridge. I thought it was going to be a race. Yeah. Once yeah. they got to the fork in the road and uh, they had already kind of set up the earlier bridge that was not, I guess it wasn't over water, but the one that they had. The rickety wooden bridge. Really falling yeah, yeah, apart. Yeah. And they'd left the piece of the map that said good luck. Yeah. Because they had crossed it first. And so they kind of set up the, well, the first person across this bridge has clearly got the benefit. Right. Well, I like that part, too, because they used that as a way. I don't know if these guys ever wanted to, you know, take long showers together. 
But they started off with or like Roy Scheider's rooting for them to fall through that bridge and die is what I had assumed. Yeah. We're going to get 20,000. Yeah. And then by the end of it, when you kind of, you know, that plays itself out, it seemed like they were more of a unit, like they were more of a team moving forward. At least the guys in the truck with each other certainly were. Yeah, that bond forged by trauma is yeah, probably right, exactly. very strong. Also, when they were putting – I liked the the repair montage, the truck – the truck outfit oh, yeah. montage. How did they all become diesel mechanics? Like the A-team. Yeah, it's just they <laughs> kind of put it all together. They put some sheet metal on the side of a van. Now it's a tank. But I think that's also where the name of the movie comes in. And it's the only place because mm-hmm. one of the trucks they paint Sorcerer on the side of. I thought they... Yeah. Or no, it's the name of the truck that's faded. Yeah, I don't... Sorcerer. They, did, they, they, t- they painted Peligrosa or Pelig- whatever danger it, on the yeah. side, right? The truck that the French uh, the Frenchman and the like Israeli uh, mm-hmm. uh, radicalist drive it says sorcerer on it the, the more yeah. like, red colored truck but like that was like a blink if you miss it blink and you miss very it very much know? so because i was oh, i didn't see it the yeah. whole movie i'm going why is this called sorcerer yeah. i'm confused but well because the original name the wages of fear makes a lot more sense mm-hmm. because you know you're talking about the price for you know, risking your fucking both life. of them are pretty bad names though i, I would think that yeah, maybe in the 50s i think you told me you were gonna see sorcerer and it's the guy that did the exorcist i was expecting something very different so here comes the devil again maybe yeah that's another reason that it didn't find more success or, uh-huh. or it isn't you know more widely spoken about now i i remember watching there's a there's a bridge scene obviously in, in the the wages of fear the french movie um as well and i remember watching that in like a class but then once it switched off, I remember our, our professor being like, also, if, if you're interested in this, just go home and watch Sorcerer instead because William Friedkin just turns it into an even crazier movie. The part where the, I guess, the, the Sorcerer truck, um, where it meets its demise, I fucking, I was floored by that. Like, I stood up yeah. and I'm like, holy shit. I, I, remember, I shouted out loud. I remember say, I said, holy shit. And my yeah. wife, of course, was playing Candy Crush. And I was just like, <laughs> oh God, Jesus Christ. And so, like, I mean, it was I was I didn't really care about the characters all that much as in that I thought they were. But I was I was shocked because it happened so suddenly. And he's kind of going into this monologue about his wife and about this watch. And you're Mm -hmm. like, oh, he misses his. And you think it's leading somewhere like they're going to have this, you know, the fun bunch scoring a touchdown in the end zone (laughs) moment at the end of the fucking movie where they're belly bumping. It's oh, no, that's not going to happen at all. Well, and it was after they had crossed what appeared to be the insurmountable obstacle together as a team and you're like okay and they also used one of the cases that they needed to get to the site so you're going well they got plenty to spare they're all gonna make it no problem oh oh and the fact that it was at first i thought it was just a tire blowout that ended up well it was a tire blowout but i believe it was (laughs) induced by uh, a bullet from the uh, guys who came out oh you do i think they shot out that tire Oh, I didn't, I didn't. That makes that makes sense. But did you I think? Didn't, I didn't think that at the time, but that actually makes a lot more sense. Why didn't they? St- I mean, at the same the same site is where they then get attacked or in, invaded by the the, the rebels or the, the yeah. Rebels. I just didn't hear any gunshots or anything like that. It just looked like it was a blowout because it could be a blowout. I mean, it doesn't it's matter. It's true. It's an ancient rickety old bucket just yeah. driving down the road. But why <laughs> would they do that? It, well, they didn't know it was loaded up with nitro, so I guess they they thought maybe they could just shoot the, the, the fucking tire. I out. mean, or the explosion could have been what draws those militia members. Out. True. Is this I, I, I'm not accusing Goat of impropriety here. <laughs> this reeks of Goat doing his bit where he reads all about the I movie not- afterwards <laughs> and then come in here. I he's 
done this a hundred times no. where he reads details about movies, comes in here, drops them like they're his opinion, and then I go back and I find out that he's just read it somewhere else. You've done this a dozen times. I've done it about this five times. Thinks of what you doing that. But most where did the, you read it? What movie? No, Ball? I Tell did me. not read this at all. Bullshit. No, I swear this one is just one I pieced together with my clunky old. This noggin. is shit. Because now, like, what I'm thinking about is. The, the the fucking gorillas come out of the, uh, the, the 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 forest and they say don't shoot at the truck and like why would they say don't shoot at the truck if they didn't shoot at the other truck and then it blew up like that would make sense if they had that narrative it would make even more sense if you read an article in the goddamn Hollywood Reporter about it from five years ago and are passing it off as your own information I wish I could you know cop to that <laughs> why would you want to walk through yeah, all right fair enough I don't know maybe it is maybe it isn't I didn't notice it that's what I'll leave it at that. I mean, what about the sequence when I, I even really loved when they're putting together the bomb to, to blow up the fallen tree, the giant fallen tree that's blocking their path right sure. after they get over the, the bridge. I loved kind of the slow, you know, plotting. Like where they're all know. where they're all this very methodical, where they're all yeah. in the river picking out the perfect rock. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And then you know the um, the uh, Israeli uh, you know radicalist is like he's he's the one in charge of all of it, and he's like slowly piecing things together. And I loved kind of like figuring out, okay, what exactly are they doing? How are they gonna like you know why are they placing string and why are they building you know all of these devices? Why can't they just throw a stick of dynamite at it? And uh, I thought that was really awesome. And the explosion, the, all of the explosions in, in this movie are incredible. Yeah, they're very good. They just look. They look great. They look devastating. There's a ton of shit that just goes flying yeah. everywhere. I mean, that's that that has to have been most of the budget is just the pyro for this movie. I hate to quibble. The only thing though is that it, it was, it's very difficult for me to believe that it just blew a truck size hole opening in the biggest <laughs> tree you've ever seen. The other part about that that I liked was that guy was a terrorist and he built bombs and so like he would probably be equipped to do yeah. that. Where if you go back to what Goat was talking about, where they're doing the eighteen bit. I, no driver is a diesel mechanic. You know, they don't do the same thing. Like, somebody else works. It just, I was I was sitting there being like, Roy Scheider was a bank robber. Like, how does he know how to rebuild yeah. a Colombian fucking 1932 I wonder how, diesel truck? I wonder how long they were down there. I don't know. I don't know. We never really got an idea of how long they were in. But weren't they mining? You know, the escape village. They were doing uh, oil pipeline yeah, stuff. Were, yeah. yeah. So maybe they had some mechanical aptitude after. If they were down there maybe. for three and a half years or whatever, that's how you survive. But. I never got really a sense of how long they had been in hiding. And maybe that, like, they, you know, because they came from different cities, like, 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 like wealthy cities and stuff, they just had better experience driving. The than French a lot of the banker guy there. is able to rebuild that's probably, a fucking... Well, his that's dad probably was a fisherman, stretch. remember. Yeah, I do, I do yeah. remember that. Because at least at, in when you the meet... The lobster needs the cold water. <laughs> <laughs> when you meet Roy Scheider's character, he is the wheel man for the gang. Yeah, that's that, true. That they're, when they're committing the robbery. And, um... Then obviously it all comes back around at the end when the mobster that I guess originally put the hit out on him found finds him after he's gotten the check for forty grand and you have to assume they kill him. Yeah, the end. The, the end is well. I mean, I didn't even know what happened. That's another part where I felt stupid because I, I was, was so compl angry, completely sober, and I had no idea. I didn't recognize who that dude was oh. or anything he about got it. A, he got a music sting and everything. I heard this. The, yeah, the, the guy with the music sting is the dude that sent him down there mm -hmm. and claimed that he had no idea where he was going. Okay, I, I wouldn't be able to. They all just looked oily. And, everyone in the 70s <laughs> yeah. was oily and well, sweaty. He, he was the one with the big mustache, I think. He all of, had weird of... facial hair. I had no idea who that fucking guy was. But um, yeah, he was the guy who was supposedly his, his pal who was getting him out of town on the train to Baltimore. Okay. 
I mean, I'll t- that's the other part I didn't like. I went from hating it to really, really liking it to the end. I was like, this, whatever that was. I was so upset that they'd gone through all of that. Because when they first showed up in Colombia, I said, yeah. you know what? I'm not going to lie to you. I think I'd have rather gotten shot by the mob or than, gone to jail. than live down here. <laughs> yeah, like, I right. would have prison. much rather done any of this stuff than live down there here. There might be air conditioning in prison. You know, <laughs> at least I, a I won't get a length of pipeline dropped on me and crippled me for life. The, the biggest problem I had with this movie is that... Um, Roy Scheider, I've I've watched Jaws more than I've watched anything in my life. Mm. It's my favorite movie, um, and it's it's difficult to not see Martin Brody. It's, I can see that, and it's, yeah. he's the same age too. Which is it would be if he was older. Like when he he, he Roy Scheider pops pops up in Thomas Jane's The Punisher. He plays Frank Castle's father, but by that point he's a much older man. So I'm like, all right, you know, I can swallow it. Right. It was so hard for me to believe he's a robber and he's. You know, shooting at people. Whatever. You know, I don't carry a gun. It's like, all right, dude. But everyone you're with is dead, and you shot a priest. And like, what the fuck? You know, it was very hard for me to kind of d- disassociate myself from him because he's the pro- protagonist. He was on the screen the most from just you know the thing that I know him for. Yeah, I can see that. I'm, and I don't know. Huh, it, he was kind of, I guess, the same in most of the movie as well until he had his freak out at the end when they reached the home stretch. Of the dynamite run, yeah. but he was very kind of like uh, quippy. Like he always had a, a little zinger in there every mm-hmm. once in a while for stuff. He was just sort of there. Like you didn't get the sense the other guys really looked like they were a, a lot more weathered than he was. And I don't know if that maybe played into it as well. Could be. He's I mean, also the he's the, the movie star though too. Yeah, he's yeah. The top, I mean, top build. His cast face member. just you know it. Yeah, yeah so I mean, it's, it's dude, hard to get past that. There's a bunch of scenes, I'm sure, in Legends of the Fall where Brad Pitt's supposed to look swarthy and dirty and, and still still Brad Pitt under yeah. there. Um, yeah, the the really, really incredible sequences with the truck and the on the on again on the cliff and driving through the swamps and over that bridge. There's that one poster. There's a bunch of posters for this movie, but there's one where it's like a, a drawing of the yeah. truck like leaning off the side yes. of the bridge, which is tremendous like 70s pulp like i was a big fan of that um and i I would say there's about 30 minutes in the middle of this movie that i i don't know man might be as good as anything i've ever seen it up in a movie i really feel that way yeah Yeah, um i probably not going to give it what Dottie gives it but um i'll start well jester what did you think you watched this fucking thing i did watch it um i was very confused by the opening scene i i checked two or three times to make sure i was watching the right movie we can be dumb together me and you Two dumb guys. Uh, once it got to the action, the the bridges scenes. I mean, that was intense. That was really good. And I I, I thought that was the dude at the end, but I wasn't wholeheartedly sure. So the only I reason said, I thought it was because the music. Dun dun dun. I'm like, <laughs> right. oh, he's gonna, it was very much the betrayal. Yeah, don't sting. stop believing. Time he's gonna yeah. paint fucking cherry pile over the wall. <laughs> but I I I feel like I'm so dumb though. I need the nice. action. Like I was so bored by the first hour of the movie. Dialogue and I couldn't wait character building for sure. something to happen or for it to be over. But right. then once something <laughs> happened, it was good. Sure. This is going to be a tough movie thing for you. I mean, if you're going to start watching these movies, it's going to be difficult for you. Most movies have dialogue. So. I understood. Hey, I bet you really like that Netflix movie, though. Boy, I tell you what, you ever get a chance to watch that thing, you're going to enjoy the shit out of it. Um, I'm going to give it a... 
Uh, I think uh, I think people should watch it, and I I think I will watch it again now that I'm a little bit clear on everything that happened. I, there's some weird '70s shit, like the ripped guy that's like dancing around, and he's going, "Hey, get out of there!" Like I don't know what the fuck that was all about. You guys know what I'm talking about? The dude running yeah. in front of the truck. Yeah, I have oh, no idea what yes. that was about. I yes. think just another obstacle for you to you know be clenching your teeth at yeah. because you're like, "Oh my god, this guy's gonna jump on the truck." But he's, he's gonna. It was poke weird, and he's, he's making weird faces, and then like yeah. Roy Scheider kept beating on the ground, and I'm like, and he did it for too long. <laughs> And he hurt his forearm. Yeah, I was like, the 70s is fucking weird. And then when he's driving through, like, the salt flats at the very end, then it's, like, all the flashbacks and the weird colors. I'm like, bro, this thing, you already hit two hours. Let's I just did. fucking get to it, you know? <laughs> I was reminded of, like, the, um, like, Father Karras' dream sequences in The Exorcist during sure. that. Because there's a lot of, like, the quick flashes it's very back trippy. to, like, his car accident yeah. and stuff. There was some of that exorcist. There's a demon there. involved, though. There's yeah. a demon involved. There's no demon oh, it's, here. It's, it's cooler. Well, it's cooler in The Exorcist. Right. I just, I think it was definitely, like, Similar style for yeah. Well, repeaters. they didn't pack any snacks or water, I don't think, for this Where journey. Where was the gas? So it really oh, looked like, yeah. Where was the fucking gas tank? I tanks? think they had an exact amount of gas to get them where they were supposed to go. <laughs> because that, maybe, is that why you wrote 218 yeah. on the right, on I the guess dashboard? so. Yeah. Because yeah. maybe that backing up to get away from the log, that ruined everything. By the way, a, they, they ran for 12 miles to get away from the log, and they would have been fine standing 100 <laughs> paces away. <laughs> Which was strange. Um, there are parts of this movie that are a four and a half, close to close to a five, mm-hmm. definitely. But there's other parts I thought were... T- I'm going to give it a three and a half, closer to a four than to a three, clearly. And um, I definitely would say people should watch it. And the, 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 the bridge sequence is a five. Um, and it's one of my favorite things i've maybe i want to let it just i've and I, as Dottie always says i found myself taking a piss yesterday thinking about the movie and yeah, just thinking yeah. about that scene and so that means it's a good movie it's very so. visceral yeah. yeah three and a half but definitely closer to a four jester are you scoring this motion picture uh, I, w- I will score it i probably would have given initially i wanted to go with a two but the scenes that were good were so good <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> A two? I was so bored at you the watch, beginning. Do you watch movies? I, I do. You just steal movies. I, I know that. I kind of like wild card jester. On <laughs> Mostly Marvel movies. Yeah. Oh, God. Miss Marvel is really He's good. He's a stupid person. So you're a dumb guy. That, but that's a good perspective is yeah. that, you know, you get a mongoloid to watch a movie, too, and you get their perspective. <laughs> I'm prepared to get what beat up for all that. What did this human thumb think about this movie? <laughs> Uh, funny but the good parts that were so good made me want to bump it up to a two and a half because I would tell somebody else to watch it. Wow, you're going to bump it up to a two and a half. <laughs> it's very gracious. Don't do William Freaking any fucking, fucking, fucking B- favors. BDK over here. More. Hey, hey. <laughs> Meanwhile, I've seen Birds of Prey 13 times. More kids love it. I just kidding. I love it. Oh, boy. Two and a half, you said? Oh, no, two. Two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah. Jimmy All right, Taylor. so we saved it from below the media. Thank God. Phew. So. Uh, at the risk of sounding like I'm copying my opinion from someone else, uh, uh, I would, I would, I was too late. going with uh. a three and a half <laughs> shading toward a four as well. I very much enjoyed a lot of this movie. I stand by my immediate reaction when we were looking at it on the last episode that it was uncomfortable to watch mm. in the best possible way for ninety percent of it. Yeah, there was a so much tension during the driving sequences and that rope bridge alone if the movie had been just 20 minutes and had been them just trying to get across that rope bridge i'd have given it an oscar for short subject film of the year three years running so it was i enjoyed it from tape to tape but i was i was angry 
in the way that you get Mark angry at a heel wrestler okay. at the ending. Yeah, I yeah. was so upset at the way it went, but not because I was like, oh, they pulled the rug out. I was like, damn it! Endings are hard, man. I can't believe they're screwing this man, guy. In a certain right. I was I was mad that way, so I kudos for that. You were emotionally invested. Yes. They all so. can't end as good as the Eternals. That's a Jim Jester quote that I like to say. <laughs> That's what I hear. When <laughs> I walk through my life. You don't know how many times I've heard that in the parking lot after the show. Yeah. So, so yeah. many times. Real, real quick before Dottie gives his score, um, there's a movie called... Um, Christ, now I just forgot the name of it. Uh, crazy cave movie with the uh, vampire ladies. The Descent. So there's a movie called The Descent mm-hmm. where uh, claustrophobia, I would say, is the main antagonist. Okay. And if you are a claustrophobic person, I can't imagine watching that movie and being comfortable. I have night terrors on a regular basis about driving off a cliff into the ocean. Like, whenever I'm driving at night, I worry that there's a big body of water on the other side of hills. It's that just going to happen. If I'm in, on Old Keene Mill Road, this happens. So, like, when they're – those the pictures of the people that actually do this in Columbia and other places in the world where they're driving yeah. these because they do this so they're they driving to. trucks yeah. on the side of cliffs i fucking can't even look at the pictures for longer than a couple of seconds so for me this was what is divergent what was the name of the movie again the descent, descent. The, descent. the descent for claustrophobic people there are parts of this movie they're like that for me where it's like a real fear that i have um and so the, the there's parts that were so uncomfortable just because of that it's very effective is what you I said agita and that was the perfect yeah. word yeah yeah yep, yep, yep. Sorry. I I think as predicted I'm I'm scoring this one high. It, it's a, it's a technical. I picked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. It's my movie, so it gets it. My movie. Remember what Tor used to fist pump when people rated his movies yeah, high? Yeah, like, oh, yeah, good job. Yeah, yeah. Like it was a report card. Right. Uh, this movie it, it sits at a four and a half for me. I, it's technically it's incredible. Um, and and you know the whole time I'm watching it, and a lot of times I'm just like. How even like like when they're just showing people working on the oil rig and like wide helicopter shots of of this village, I'm like, how the fuck did they do that? Mm. Like people just got on a helicopter and blew shit up and flew around and filmed that in the middle of the jungle. Yeah, there was no drone, there was no CGI. Yeah, everything about it is just it's it's very impressive to me. I think the music really helps out in the beginning too because right off the bat it's kind of eerie and like a little sinister, and so the whole time you're just kind of like. Okay, this is bad. I can tell that we're here to have a bad time watching this movie. Like they're, they're telling you that bad things are going to happen throughout this, and um, I think it builds mood really well. So it's a huge, it's a huge recommend, and I think it's going to be one that I go back to a lot just to like try and look for new pieces or like really, like really study some of these like crazy sequences to see if I notice anything new or just appreciate you know what Friedkin was able to do with it. Get ready to feel good about your life by watching yeah. what happens to all of these guys. Although, though, wouldn't you say it was um, it was satisfying? Whenever they would solve a puzzle, it was almost like in Last Crusade when Indiana Jones would like yeah. he would progress through yeah. one of these trials that he had to get to to find the. Whenever they would figure out, because you knew like, well, they can't all die right now. Like, dude falls off the bridge, and I'm like, well, that's surprising, and he crawls yeah. his way back up. I'm like, oh, of course, because they can't. This movie's two hours and ten minutes long. He almost so. gets run over too. Man, that, yeah. that moment was great. The other part about it, and Goat and I have talked about this a lot, the 70s helicopters and the 70s cars are just they feel like coming home to me whenever I see them. And I'm you know, I don't like MASH because I heard the well, I mean I had to go to yeah. bed. But the <laughs> when the fucking uh, when the helicopter's That's landing the reason you don't like MASH. Yeah, I'm just like, oh I love that helicopter with the phrase the seventies were so fucking crazy. Like the hell it was just a big bubble with a like stratting what is that rebar hanging off the ass of it. Like the shit just looks so dangerous. Um and it was the the scene where they're 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 swooping around the fucking a uh, big oil fire trying yeah. to figure out what to do is such a cool scene. The guy's like, I've seen worse. 
We're good. When the fuck have you seen worse? <laughs> no kidding. Right? Where do you live? There's a giant mushroom cloud of black smoke yeah. and fire. It's terrible. The Balrog is coming out of the middle of this oil field. Yep. How are you okay with yep, this? Yep, yep. Being aware of its reputation kind of before we went in, I I, I agree with it now. Like I, I'm having trouble understanding why it's not more talked right. about and compared to... You know, oh, so you like a movie like Dog Day Afternoon? Well, like you should. Have you seen Sorcerer? Right? It's kind of it's in that same era, sure. and it's it's impressive, and you know it yeah. makes you feel something while you're watching it. It's no. a it's a big spectacle while also being character driven. Yeah, yeah. That's Which, by the way, I mean, you want to talk about the shitty Marvel movies Jester likes? I mean, that's the, it's a hard line to balance. It yeah. used to be. I mean, you used to care like when Bucky and the relationship between Bucky and you know Steve Rogers. It's like, oh, this is why this happens and now it's just like oh here's another character that was in a book and oh goblins you know it's the Kaboom. dumbest shit and a comparison to that is on the poster of this fucking movie is the bridge scene all we've talked about is the bridge scene i'm confident that if somebody goes and watches this movie and watches that bridge scene they're going to be impressed it is the antithesis another one of Jester's favorite shows i'm sorry of the master of puppets scene in fucking stranger things which is a one out of five and everyone spent weeks telling me how amazing it is and how cool and metal it is and oh my god you like it you like metal right isn't that that dino guy and i'm like no dio no dinel isn't he the one that's fucking no he's not in it either he's wearing a dinel jacket fucking i watched that dinel it is i heard endless chatter about that scene and it's a one out of five and the bridge scene is the antithesis of that in this fucking film there you go all right um let's piss and then uh we will come back and then we will uh we'll do the bit where we talk about uh the john carpenter movie do we want to reveal the next pick for the fortress film society i take it that you would like to do that right now. i feel like that's a nice uh ribbon on the package please the fortress film society review session is it uh i believe it is your turn it is indeed Ooh, a timpani and everything can't wait for some 1970 is there any chance either one of you guys will ever pick a happy movie do you think you you got it in you no problems all right the movie is from 1987. Oh, all right. So at least there's that. And it's entitled Extreme Prejudice, directed by Walter oh. Hill. Chester's uh, got that. Written by... <laughs> uh, written by... Uh, I'll make a list for you. Written by John Melius, Fred Rexer, and Derek Washburn. Is this right. your second Walter Hill pick in a row? This is my second. I figured I went to the last Walter Hill well. because yeah, the last yeah. one treated me so, so well. The Walter uh, well. I read good things about this. Uh, the Rotten Tomatoes scores are not fantastic. It's 70% from the critics and 58% from the audience. Ooh, that's not the ratio we like. However, uh, the real trick here is the one-line synopsis I read is a Texas Ranger and a ruthless narcotics kingpin. I like that. They were childhood friends, and now they're adversaries. This sounds blood in, blood out. Give it to me, baby. Give yourself a fucking layup with this one. Cowboys in the cartel. locals. Yeah, that's five. Five. Cowboys in the cartel. Five. So let me just read some of the names in the cast here. You've got Nick Nolte, Powers Booth, Michael Ironside, Maria Conchita Alonso. This is tremendous. Rip Torn, Clancy Brown, William Forsythe. Clancy Brown's in this? I love Clancy Brown. This feels like a huge... A huge, almost, it's even got uh, Tiny Lister in it. So Tiny you, Zeus? That's my so dude. This is Goat putting up the, the fucking borders on the bowling alley. That's fine with me. <laughs> Thank God. I'd like, to, I'd like to enjoy a movie we watch. That'd be wrong nice. with that? I would, I would gratefully accept Power Bo- Powers Booth's load into my mouth in front of all of you. I know, God rest his soul. I would still, you know, dig him up. All right, uh, Jester, get a beer ready if you don't mind, because unfortunately, before we go anywhere, you're going to have to. Not unfortunately. Fortunately. Nice guy, Corey, went all the way in. Thank you so much to him for that. Everybody is being so generous. Thank you so much to Mr. Corey Rita. And we're going to have our buddy Jim Jester, who is, I got to say, you are uh, 
culling your abilities uh, rapidly. His technique your... is definitely yeah. improving. We're in, uh, we're in his wheelhouse right now. If he was watching a dumb movie, like if we had Look Who's Talking 2 on while he was doing this. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, John Travolta? Jester's bailiwick. <laughs> Honey, I blew up the kid. Do you know about him stealing movies? Oh no. Oh, he's got the hard drive of hits. If you ever really? go down, yeah. If you ever come back down to the beach, you can go. I know that won't happen as the tour's there. You got to fucking. <laughs> this man has got a little thumb. He is a thumb, as you pointed out, but he's got a thumb drive um, that's just filled with every movie because he oh he steals them from the internet and then he steals friends' Blu-rays and takes the ultraviolet copy for himself ah. and boots it up onto the and he takes the little tickets out of like he goes to Walmart and takes the little download codes out of the fucking. This is all alleged. I mean, I, I, I heard the whole thing. I, I mean... I randomly said, I wish we could watch Alien 3. He's like, I'll go on it there, boy. And then not only had that, he had Alien Resurrection. He had all the bullshit, Prometheus. If I mean, I admire, someone were know, to do this. Yeah, yeah, no shit. If someone were to pull all that yeah, off, OJ. I have, yeah, that's where the uh, ad, ad, admiration would come in. Well, yeah. I, if you need a movie, he's <laughs> Allegedly. got it. Allegedly. He's got it. All right, Jesse, if you don't mind, for, uh, for Nice Guy Corey. If you don't mind, hate hey, Airboy. boy. Yes. Nice guy, Corey. Eight hey, more. There it is. Very good. Have to say, I appreciate the vertical technique. Yeah. I know, me too. Yeah, gravity is on your side. Also, if he got a slightly bigger hole, I think that uh, you know, I think would he just, could pass some of these stools a little away. easier. Oh, what? yeah. No, that was a different. That was Nets. Oh my god. <laughs> Each one has its own unique tombra. I'm telling you, man, they're like snowflakes. <laughs> So many different noises come out of him after he does that. No two are exactly alike. Can't wait to go have some tacos. All right, let's um, <laughs> let's all go do it. This is our favorite uh, part of the entire week. Hell yeah. Let's go have a urine break. And then we'll come back. We'll talk uh, Lords of Dogtown or whatever the fuck it was. And then uh, the other shitty movie. That's it. Right. I'll get my <laughs> Bathroom breaks kick ass. We back. Yes. Eat, Dottie. You're fine. All right, we're back. It's taco time. You brought the tacos. Got to get a clamp. Oh, I love clamps. The good kind of clamping. Yeah, it's clamp. Thanks, That's man. the type of clamping you need. I can't play my thing. Jester won't let me play my board. It's still not working, brother. Any progress? That's one thing you're going to have to text toward. Dragon. Ah, there you go. I'll show you, Dragon. Yeah. There it is. I like to hear clamp spit. I don't know where here, too. Let me hit that thing. Let me hit that thing. Oh, he's doing his dance. I don't... You know, when I'm the on the camp now. I liked it the first time I saw it. Now I'm out. I'm, I'm all the way out. <laughs> now that I just saw it again, I can't have it. We're all just talking about what an asshole Lawson was on Friday night. <laughs> 
So apparently I won't say who, but somebody uh, lost and was too cheap to order an Uber. So he was just wee- weeble wobbling around drunkenly in the parking lot, making so people had to stick around and take care of him, which, by the way, is just the worst bit in the world. <laughs> and so uh, he said, I, I don't want to pay for an Uber, which makes no sense, because then if you pay for a DWI, it's roughly 700 Exponentially times. Exponentially like, worse. How many tourist cars can you get for a DWI? <laughs> um and so somebody, I guess, sent him some fucking cash for an Uber that he claimed didn't go through. And then we uh, we just actually confirmed it did go through. And so he just pocketed the cash, made everybody wait around at the end of the night, and then drove home anyway. So, yeah. It's bad. I bit. mean, that's... Bad uh, bit central. <laughs> the sequence of events yeah. checks out. Yeah, he is, uh, he's a goose. <laughs> Uh, but thank you to Clamp for the, uh, the tacos. I saw you guys enjoying your uh, taco platters. I believe Indeed. he went to Tippies. Looks like he went to Tippies. Is based that Tippies tacos? Based on the cup he has, uh, yes. That's a thumbs up right there. I like that. Jesse, you didn't partake? Not yet. Yet is the key word. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, you got to keep the fingers clean to run the board. Well, not if you don't pot anything up. That's and, true. Uh, if you don't actually run the board. <laughs> Yeah. The fi- By the way, if he keeps his finger clean, he's talking on the top of his head because you've already confirmed he's a giant thumb. <laughs> it's the human thumb. <laughs> <laughs> I like that nickname for Jimmy J, the, uh, the human thumb. Remember, Jimmy, I did not come up for that for you. When you oh, I know. When you come up, <laughs> yeah, when you come up here with your rage, finally. It's going to happen eventually. I know it's not the Michael Mara show, so oh. fucking, at some point we're all going to get at both barrels. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, where were we? Oh, we went to piss. Yes. Uh, long pisses, which was nice. And then, uh, we're, but, but Dotson's really getting after it, isn't he? He's is calling it. All right, Goat and I will, start. enjoy yourself, Dottie, please. This is supposed to be a casual moment. Um, Sorry, I'm so hungry. No, no, it's fine. Enjoy yourself. We'll, we'll, we'll start it off, and then you can, uh, when you're done with your Mexican food, then you can, uh, you can join us. <laughs> um, I, uh, the boy, I don't know, was this, uh, I think I just texted you guys, because we talked about this movie. But um, we didn't, I don't think, officially say we're going to do this for the Fortress Film Society. But The Prince of Darkness from John Carpenter is a movie that somehow, and I think we're all big John Carpenter Mm -hmm, fans, mm -hmm. um, had not seen. And it's kind of interesting because I've seen, uh, what is it, Ghosts from Mars? or I mean, there's, there's, there's yeah. a couple of questionable. Ghosts of Mars. Ghosts of Mars. Vampires. Yeah. I've we, seen we Vampire. Like we both love vampires. <laughs> but I don't think anybody thinks that's one of his best movies. No. Um, people think The Mist and, you know, Halloween and all the these fog. great films. Huh? The Fog. What did I say? The Mist. The Miss is the Thomas Jane atrocity. Good. Oh, I, 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 it's just <laughs> fucked up. One of the most fucked up yeah, movies I've ever seen. Yeah, Thanksgiving movie. The Fog yeah, is, what? There's the winged creatures in it. You watch the mist? Are you being? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing oh, that. so Jesus Christ! <laughs> it's all about the family unit. I'm so happy he was kidding. I, I was like, oh God! Now I gotta divest myself of Dottie. I don't want that. No, the we fog. Watch, we watch Hereditary on Thanksgiving. Yeah, of course you do. Oh, Jesus. Well, Monk shows that to his young daughter. That anything's possible. <laughs> fog is a great movie. Uh, Halloween, they live. He's one the of the best stuff. to ever do it. And yeah. he had he had a crazy run in the '70s, going into the '80s, just like. Banger after banger, if you will. And Crazy one, coked up run. This one was made in between Big Trouble in Little China and They Live. Which is a very, that's right in the pocket for like kind of the apex of his career. And one of the things that I thought was interesting is a lot of bleed over uh, characters yeah. in this. Um, of course, you have Donald Pleasance in this and he's his character's name is Loomis, is it not? I thought he was just credited as the priest. No, I think his fucking name is Loomis in this. I think somebody <laughs> said it in the middle of the movie. I, I could be wrong. I'm not pulling a goat. I, this is my opinion. Um, <laughs> Victor Wong is in this. He is uh, Egg Shen from um, yeah. 
from Big Trouble in Little China, who's one of my favorite characters in that movie, and he plays like the the professor guy in this that's kind of telling all of his students to go into this house. Yeah, he plays like a professor who's, I guess, the relativity and quantum physics and basically what the fabric of reality really is. He's almost more of a philosopher. Sure, right, yeah. And then uh, Dennis Dunn, I think is how you say his name, is Wang Shi in Big Trouble in Little China, is one of the main characters in this as well. Um, so a lot of familiar faces. Um, the, 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 the basic premise of the plot is there's a big vial of goop in the basement <laughs> of this. Is it a church? Yes. It's yeah. a church basement of a church. And uh, they bring together all these scientists to try to, they have, they're not really told what they're doing at the very beginning. They of this are movie. incredibly kept in the dark. They yes. are, they are explicitly not told anything about what they're doing. Just that they all have to come out for the full weekend and spend it in the basement and or other areas of this church observing and translating and doing whatever it takes to figure out what's going yeah. on. And then the dude from Star Trek that wanted to kidnap Tasha Yar and Fucker is also in this, which is <laughs> I always love that. With a guy lot too. of creepy giggling. A lot of really weird laughing. It's one of the main reasons why this movie it does not, spoiler alert, stand, I think, the test of time with the rest <laughs> of his films. Again, lots of weird shit. Um, yeah. Which is strange saying Big Trouble Little China is, is not, you know, too weird to be off-putting. It's a True. weird fucking movie. Um, I, I like the movie. I like the beginning a lot. Like, I liked the setup. And when they finally get to... I thought the modality of possession wasn't strong enough. Just the squirt of jism into <laughs> the eye. Bit, yeah, it was a bit much. Yeah, yeah which was... Oh, uh, Jester just got Jester liked that part. Oh, sorry, I missed yeah, it. Yeah, he hey enjoys there. that. Boy. Well, you don't like to waste any in someone's eye. It's got to go right into the womb. Right. Um, so um, I liked the idea of Antichrist has a big vial of shit and he's building an army. Yeah. Um, I didn't really understand why the guys around the church were also possessed. Like, how did did they get a shot of jism in their eye? Because we didn't see that happen. And then Alice Cooper shows up. Right. And he doesn't play poison. So I was kind of bitter about yeah, that. Yeah, that's a bit disappointing. Yeah. But I had to scream at my wife. I go, that's Alice Cooper. And she's like, no, it's not. It's just a homeless guy. I'm like, look at him. Yeah, when he started. Who the fuck else could that be? <laughs> it was halfway down the alley. I go like. Hey, is that Alice Cooper? It's like, holy shit, that's <laughs> Alice, Alice Cooper. That's fucking awesome. By the way, if you're making a horror movie, why wouldn't you book Alice Cooper to just play a crazy homeless guy? Like, seems, seems like somebody who'd bring instant credibility. Yeah. Apparently they met somewhere, and Alice Cooper was like, I love your movies. Put me in your movie. And Carpenter said, only if you do the stab gimmick that you do on stage. Sure. So that's, I mean, that's what we hold with, yeah. the, yeah, with the half of a bicycle. Yeah. He <laughs> did. There was a bunch of weird combat in this uh, in this film. Um. Premise was good. I didn't think the protagonists were strong enough, like the two kind of main characters, yeah. the guy and the uh, the chick. The resolution for me, the uh, the jumping through the window into the vat of water, it just wasn't a, the, the the payoffs weren't the same as a normal John Carpenter movie. Is yeah. what I would say. I, I feel like it was kind of a half baked idea that they yeah. were like, well. The movie's due to the studio by X date, so we got to get out and film it. Let's go. Yeah. Well, actually, this was his second totally independent release interesting so, uh, big well, trouble in little china was his first one where he was like fuck this i'm, okay. I'm, I'm just gonna do whatever i studios. want i'm gonna do whatever i want and then he followed up with prince of darkness perhaps a reason that he recycles a couple of his actors and then they live was his third independent release afterwards by the way all back, those back, are three back. crazy fucking movies yeah pretty awesome i mean you know the guy's a, a fucking visionary um, I, I a lot of that stuff actually really worked for me. I just thought it was kind of interesting and, and original. Like okay, like when you're dealing with like different dimensions and hell and stuff like that. I haven't seen it, you know, translate this way before. 
and I think that's cool. I think it's unique. Well, it's, it's very uh, fucking, um, what is wrong with my brain tonight? The movie we all like. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne and Sam Neill, big haunted event horizon. Event horizon, very yeah. event horizon. It is yeah. very event horizon. I was actually, I was watching this, and I'm like, I can't believe that Paul W. S. Anderson didn't get in more trouble for t- taking <laughs> sure. so much from this movie. But I mean, in a good way. Like, I love Event Horizon, and uh, I love, I love the idea of this big, you know, almost intangible object being like the source of evil. So, like, the vat of of, of goo is just like the engine in in event horizon was it all of the descriptions say it's liquid satan and that's, fu- that's <laughs> like, fucking awesome by it the is because it's, it's, it's essence of satan in a vial like that's fucking cool but it's also tripping it's up it's new too like it, it mm-hmm. I, I mean it's not new the movie's old but there's been so much possession shit but it you, was a unique right. yeah yeah i i thought it was, look it's not bad it's and I also like seeing a John Carpenter movie from that era that I haven't seen before, you yeah. know, with all those actors that I already recognize from other shit. And it's kind of fun seeing them in different roles. Most notably yeah. Donald Pleasant, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a bad movie. It's just if you put him on the pedestal that I think we do and most people do, it doesn't just kind of stack up to everything else. That yeah, on the same scale of John Carpenter, you're kind of like, uh, this is... This isn't my go-to. I mean, we have John Carpenter Night. He's yeah. made several perfect movies, and so it's hard to compare yeah. something like this to a a perfect. It's just like you know, like Gangs of New York may not be a perfect movie, but it's still a fucking great movie. Just when you stack it up against you know Goodfellas mm-hmm. or another or The Departed or or like the really heavy hitters in Scorsese's catalog, I think this would be kind of a, a similar situation. Like, sure, you put it next to The Thing or Halloween, it's not going to to play out as well. But I think it's still pretty. Fucking original. You don't know what his name is. He's credited as the priest. Priest Father Loomis. Boom. Well, that's you get all your information from IMDB. Where, where, I, just, I get it from watching the fucking movie. All right, all right. At the cre- when the credits roll at the end, it says it says Loomis. That's, I, that's awesome. I remember because I stood up. I was drunk at the time, and I pointed at the screen, <laughs> and my wife was playing Candy Crush. I believe he is still. <laughs> that's playing. nice, dear. Yeah, yeah. He's still <laughs> playing Doctor Loomis in the Halloween world when this is made because he's he's Doctor Loomis in the Curse of Michael Myers, which is the 90s okay i mean that okay that's cool that's cool this says despite never being named in the movie uh, the subtitles say that priest father loomis another reference to donald pleasance's character in the halloween franchise because i'm getting to an age i don't know if you do this goat it's subtitles on for everything all the time it depends on sometimes there are lines that i have it so much mumbling i have it on replay yeah Yeah. mix for this movie was a little a little is off but the music's cool it is because it's it's Carpenter doing it's the music. <laughs> All the shit that he likes to do. I think the uh, the thing that really caught my ear the most was the explanation of Jesus being an extraterrestrial. Sure, awesome. That, that they went with you know God and Satan and Jesus, and they it's all basically. I'm not saying it's aliens. But, but it's, it's aliens. aliens. Jesus it's... was a space traveler who was assassinated. I'm and like, he, dude, yeah, this he, is fuck. This is cool. He, <laughs> he came down to warn everybody about Satan who'd shown up earlier, and that's where everybody. Yeah, yeah, that's where all the badness came from. And they also set it up with they set up the whole mirror thing, even earlier in a conversation with the little mirror on uh, Egg Shen's desk. And uh, I hate the fact that I'm calling him Egg Shen, but you know that's <laughs> well, it's the greatest but, name of all. But, yeah, please but, start calling me Egg Shen. <laughs> <laughs> but that's uh, you know he goes well, maybe there's. An anti-god over here, right. and that's who they're trying to bring from the mirror into our universe to take over everything is not not necessarily the anti-Christ, but the anti-god. I, I don't think Jesus was an alien. I'd like to say that right now. You mean um, like in your real life? That's not an R.E.M. album, by the way. That's yeah. actually my statement that I like to okay. make. Okay. 
But um, I talked about this about a week ago on the show. This guy named Lou Alzando, who used to be the uh, the head of ATIP, which is the mm-hmm. organization that the government actually put together to, to look at you, you uh, UAPs. Um, this is after Project Blue Book. This is more recently. And there was disbanded. And he, was, he gave this uh, speech to, I think it was Brazil, because um, they've been having a lot of UFO, UAP uh, activity. And one of the things he said was, um, when we were exploring this planet, it's like we didn't want to go out into the ocean because it's like, well, there's a bunch of sea monsters out there where we're going to get eaten. Well, we got names for all of them now. We've seen all of them, and we know what they are. Like, nothing's changed. It's just our knowledge has changed. Mm-hmm. And so now, if you if you follow a lot of what people think about what they think these phenomena could be that are flying around, is they don't necessarily think it's aliens. They think that it's, A, an interdimensional being, or, B, uh, that it's actually more plausible that it's future generations of humans coming travel. back to study uh, what we're doing here. And it's like... Okay, why is that any crazier than a, a bunch of lizard men sending androids to watch us in spaceships? So if if Jesus was something other than just the son of God mm-hmm. and he could do certain things like he was able to feed a village or whatever you believe him capable of, um, it is possible that they're like, well, we got to explain this somehow. And, and here's here's all the stories. If you don't think they're all just parables. So while it was batshit crazy fucking John Carpenter, anti-God, the, I, the sentiment actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I actually thought it was a a plausible scientific way to yeah. explain what yeah. people interpreted. And it also added some gravitas to uh, Father Loomis's uh, entire Thank arc you, where, he's, where his whole struggle with what the church has been promoting for 2,000 years versus what what theoretically really happened and how he's upset at the subterfuge and how it's all been kept under wraps for all these years and why are we waiting until now at the precipice of apocalypse to like get the truth out there. It was, it was kind of a nice extra wrinkle of the questioning of faith in the face of science and what to do about that to resolve like the human brain that couldn't understand what had actually happened so you made up the quote-unquote myth. And the fact that the that was coupled with the transmissions right. in the dreams, those that, and that, that creeped dream, me out. Yeah, I I loved it, but I loved it because I was fucking spooked watching that. Sure, that that you know the slow pan of like the, the digital camera or, or the, you know the video camera. Yeah. into the, the 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 doors of the cathedral with the dark figure in the smoke, like, with the garbled voiceover. Yeah, and like the yeah when when you finally hear the voiceover at the end and what they're actually saying, like this isn't a dream, this is a broadcast. I don't know that just like scratched the itch for me of this is weird and creepy. And I'm a little freaked out looking at this right now, and we keep going back to it, and I'm still freaked out looking at it. Um, just struck a chord with me. The only thing I, I don't know like if I can it. explain it any better. Well, the only thing I don't like about it is it led to a lot of waking up, sweaty, shirtless <laughs> bullshit that happened quite a bit during the film. I think the only thing that got me was that I, I think the year was 1999 that oh, they were really? broadcasting <laughs> from. I think the little dude goes, we are broadcasting from the, the future, man. One, nine, nine, nine. <laughs> and it's like... That's not far enough into the future. 12 years from when the movie comes out. Go back and watch Demolition Man where the future is 1997. And then you're like, oh, oh, no, that's that's not good. Um, It's all right. It's uh, I think I'm going to grade it a little bit more harshly just because how much I love all of his other shit. I'd say two and a half, probably. And that's conservative. But uh, it's not offensive. It was it was on cable kind of in the middle of it. I would pop it on again. It's not that big of a deal. But uh, I feel good about a two and a half. Now, Jester, you did not watch this motion picture. So you are not not scoring it this evening. No, no, he's too busy watching Moon Knight for a third time. Mm. He's running through that bad boy again. Uh, I think I want to lean to a three because there were parts of it that were fantastic. 
Although the amount of questionable decision making, even though it's a horror movie, even for a horror movie, yeah. Why did they jump out the window when they were flanked on both sides by homeless people? I don't know. At what was the point? Time, just to get pulled back. Was that just to fill five minutes of the movie? Maybe to see if they would attack them. Because Maybe. I don't think at that point they knew the homeless people were like, oh, the scene where the, the guy that gets killed is made up of bugs. Oh, and he just starts falling apart. Yeah, that was yeah. pretty scary. So cool. I like that. That was fantastic yeah. and terrifying. Because yeah. there's a scene in, have you guys seen Constantine, the, uh, yeah. the Keanu Reeves Which movie? I, I think not. is also pretty yeah, good. Yeah. Actually, I kind of, you have that, Goat? I've not. That is surprising. Um, Goat, I don't think Goat likes movies until you say we're watching this movie, and then he seems to be all in on it. Because you don't. The, the Constantine has kind of been out there for a long mm-hmm. time. And I, I know it's on. we got to talk about Constantine on the next episode. There was, I've been fine with that. There's <laughs> there's a scene where there's a demon that's made up of bugs or a demon that can't cross over yet, and it's like attacking him, and it's made of all these street bugs. Okay. But it's it's very CGI, and it's so it's not as scary because it just looks fake. That thing looked, I think I just like the practical effects. The fact so, that yeah. it was, yeah. and they had the close-ups of the actual bugs, and they had sure. set the stage with that uh, with the ants all over the place right. earlier in the movie, too. Which is just just creepy. You guys know about Spider's Man? No. There's an evil Spider Man that's just uh, made up of a Spider Man made up of spiders. So like oh. he can he swings around and does Spider Man things, but he's made of spiders. So he can also dissolve, and all the spiders can run around and then come yeah. back together and form a thing. Well, that's what Spider Man <laughs> does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And depending on which artist is at the helm, it can be very unsettling to yeah. look at those panels. Yeah, yeah he's it's... good, but he's just another dimensional Spider Man, multiverse Spider Man, or what have you. So. Uh, what did you think, Daddy? Uh, dude, I fucking love this movie. I no, I was I was really really blown away. Like I, I can't believe you're I the had tailgate Ted of John Carpenter. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really am. I really am. I, I'll admit to that. I mean, I, I will I will absolutely own up to that. Uh, I I could not believe that I hadn't seen it before because it just kind of caters to a lot of things I like in in horror movies, like the 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 dread that's throughout. I think is really cool, and I think it might be. It's it's one of his scarier movies just because of like the subject matter that it deals with, sure. right? Like you know the thing, it's it's extraterrestrials. You think and, it's and, you know, scarier? The, the thing is terrifying. Uh, the, man. the thing is much more visceral, right? And right. I think scarier to watch. But I think the content of this movie, like uh, dread, is a, is a better word to use. Where like you're watching, you know, this dream sequence, and it keeps coming back to it, and you're like, what's ha- what is that? Is this going to happen? Should I be looking out for this? Um, and it like. The movie just feels like evil, and I think hmm. that's like I think that's cool. Is like I'm watching this and I'm like I'm uncomfortable because this movie feels so evil. And I mean I think Event Horizon does that too. And that's, I, I don't that's know, how you, I I don't know so how you can compare this to Event Horizon. Just the, the idea that like you're like surrounded by this the interdimensional this, you know, terror that's yeah. knocking at the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you're out that's in space, where it, like the vastness, and it's also just a, but way more horrific. I mean, I think Event Horizon is is probably it's more effective than this movie because there's way more like right. like visual terrifying shit. Like there, this doesn't have Sam Neill with his eyes clawed no, out. No, but at right? the end of this, <laughs> at the end of this movie, they're just walking around the hallways, caving in these things' heads, yeah, and yeah. like you realize, oh, you could have probably got away. Like if you figured out what was going on, you could have gotten past those homeless people. There was no escaping in Event Horizon. That's a fucking horrific movie. But I think I, I think with the horror movies that are coming out in this era too, we really have gotten into the camp 
in the late 80s. We've had Evil Dead 2. We're getting into, like, Return of the Living Dead. Some more of, like, the Romero stuff. Um, you think this is a little campy? I was just going to say, it, I think it's a lot of it's kind of corny, man. I think, yeah. I think it is, but but not intentionally campy, where where in the late 80s we did get into that with a lot more horror movies. And I think Evil Dead had, had a lot to do with that, and that's totally okay. I'm surprised to hear you say this. There's a scene in the thing where McCready finally realizes they're not going to make it, and, like, they he's, like, recording, the, and it was his, we're all very tired, and you just, like... You're talking about dread and building. Is uh, the thing is just a masterclass. It's just well, yeah. perfect in that. But I don't think this is this doesn't even approach that movie. I, I think it it hurts it trying to stack it up against. Like I really tried to avoid thinking about mm-hmm. the thing or or any of the Carpenter movies that I spend a lot of time with right. while watching it because I knew like I knew right off the bat. Okay, this isn't going to be as good. It's like so I've never seen The Color of Money. Right, okay. and but I know if I throw on the color of money, Have you seen and, the hustler? and I just uh, haven't seen the hustler either. See the hustler, but but you know, just talking like in terms of like Scorsese movies, like I know if I throw that on and I start thinking about Goodfellas or Casino or The Departed, I'm I'm not going to give it a fair shake. Right, but it's and a so, very different. I was going to say yeah. I don't think you'll do that if you put on the color of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't even think it'll come into the, to your brain to be honest with you because it's not a gangster. Movie. Like I can see the comparisons between Gangs of New York and those movies sure. because they're the sprawling epics okay. with a lot of violence. But Color of Money is much more down to earth. It's it's a it's a vastly different movie than just about everything else in Scorsese's catalog. I play I mean, over the two leads. And, and look, like I didn't expect to like this as much as I did. I was glad sure. I was glad that you said let's watch it. and I could finally fill the gap. But I was really impressed, and actually, this is another one that I think I want to go back to several times and just pay a little more attention to and see what else I notice or just see if it it hits in a different way. I was distracted very frequently by the guy from Simon and Simon's mustache. Okay. The the lead's mustache. A lot of 70s, late 70s, early 80s facial hair. I think he looks a lot like John Carpenter. I can see that. He, yeah, he's, he's got like he's got the big mustache, the lighter hair. He's more ripped. I would have to say. <laughs> just a, just a little bit. <laughs> he's in better shape. Uh, let's thank John Rage real quick, uh, if you don't mind, please. Having a nice pull for him. John Rage, thank you so much for the donation. Thank you for watching live on Facebook, Jester. If you would like to shotgun a beer for John Rage, you absolutely can. I'd love to. I thought you might. I, know, um, I give this a four. A four? Yeah. I I, right. I I started texting other people. Who, I can who see like you these. giving this a four. Yeah. It's yeah. It, it was very up my alley. Yeah, I yeah. don't mean that derisively. Not I can also no. see. Yes, I can see. This is right in your happiness wheelhouse. If yeah. go, the movie goat pick for the movie club, he's teeing it up for me to come in here and drop <laughs> really, a four and a half. It really so is. yeah, I mean I, that's that's good. Well, I'm I'm glad you liked it that much. And there's parts of it that are very enjoyable, especially if you do like his other films, because it's kind of right in that same yeah. era. Uh, how much have you watched <laughs> The Fog? Sorry. How much of how many of the times have you have watched it? it? You spend as much time with it as the others. That's actually the other Carpenter blind spot. For how me. can you say you're a John Carpenter fan if you haven't seen that movie? I know, dude. All right, well, watch that one and then and compare it to this and see yeah. it as far as the quality of a film goes. Lots of radio shit in fucking The Fog, too. Keep, I'm really surprised to hear you say that. I keep trying to, to catch it in theaters because everyone says it's amazing in the theater, and it comes through like once a year or so, right. so I guess I keep trying to hold out for that. Uh, is it going to be part of the... Has it already come and gone from the... The sequence. I believe Alamo's doing that's basically a, like all of the John Carpenter movies this summer. That's a good question. I'll have to look. At, it normally plays around October. Yeah. They did. They live. They, they missed a couple, although. It was kind of an interesting, the movies they selected I think, I think for that whole series. I think the thing is series. coming up. Well, the thing was, the this is the 40th anniversary yeah, of it as well. I think well, Alamo's so. doing something separately from what the, the botched Fathom Events oh, screening was. That was Fathom great. I love so that stupid. story, though. <laughs> like, they just threw on some Blu-ray and thought that nobody would be able to figure out what the fuck was going on in the whole goddamn place rioted and John Carpenter's <laughs> tweeting about it. Actually, I think Prince of Darkness is playing later 
in, in August. I think it's like the middle of August they're showing it. Check it out. Yeah. Yeah. A nice little nap time for you there in the middle. <laughs> um, all right, very good. So that was uh, that was a movie that we all needed to see. Um, I uh, I had no file. I hate when people say that on the Gray Man. Mm-hmm. Um, I I saw I think the lead actors and it was Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans and then it was Russo brothers. So I was like, oh wow, you know that's kind of an interesting. Okay. Thing. The only thing that I heard about it all is the budget. That it has a two hundred million dollar budget, which for is a quite a bit. Fucking Netflix movie. Um, I assumed it was going to be shit for that reason, and then um, the the re- the reviews came out, and I'll be I'll be very honest here. I'm very motivated to see movies when the audience has it ninety and above, and the critics have it fifty and I below. I see that. Yeah, and there's a forty point gap, and it's um. This movie, to me, uh, it kind of embodies everything that I hate about movie critics, and I'm, I'm happy that people like Jay Chandrasekhar and others are taking this on, is that I don't think movie critics... I think that because they go... You probably feel way different about graphic design than I do. Probably. Um, because <laughs> it's how you're in a trade. You know way more about it. You're constantly doing it all day long. And I think that what happens with movie critics is what happened to Mike Florio. Mike Florio hates... The professional national football league, he can't stand it. It comes through in everything that he writes, um, and it's been—he's too close to it. Like he's—he doesn't enjoy oh, it. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, and I think we've all been there. We've mm-hmm. all had jobs. That's why I never wanted to get a job. I had a couple opportunities to do stuff, and you know, somewhat not connected to the WWE, but at least moving towards maybe doing something in professional wrestling. And I—you didn't want to take that joy away. I didn't want to lose my fandom. I didn't think yeah. I would be. I didn't think I would ever do well enough to ever be fucking Jim Cornette or anything. So, like, I didn't want to... I actually had a th- the thought process of I don't want to ruin this for myself. Yeah, I mean, there's the... the What the old uh, axiom about, like, find something you love and you'll never work a day in your life. It's bullshit. And it's like, I don't agree with <laughs> yeah, that. You I hate I, it. I found something I loved. I did it for a job. I ended up never doing it again right. once I got laid off from that job. Yeah. So, here I am all these years later. What you want to find is a job you can compartmentalize and move on with your life. And, and I think that's what's going on with movie critics is they're not looking at movies to be entertained and for escapism and for to, to have something else in their life because you're going to a real job all day. It's like this is how they earn their trade. And there is also jockeying inside their industry where they want to be respected and they want yeah. to have their t- There's so, a bit of jadedness going on. I yeah. just don't think they can possibly give us any information unless you find a guy. Like I, Eric Davis to me, like I, I think he's a nice guy. I think he loves movies. His enthusiasm comes through whenever he's on. Yeah. I love hearing him on the show. I do too. Um, and I don't agree with him about a lot of he comes in and says a lot of movies are great and I watch them like, what the fuck are you talking about? But, but you'd rather have somebody tell you things are great yes, than tell you everything stinks. One hundred percent. I'm and I'm the everything stinks guy. I wouldn't listen to me. Um <laughs> so when I, I saw this, I, I saw the the gap and I said, Well, I gotta I gotta watch it and I watched it. Um It's not good. It's not it's not a good movie. That's <laughs> that's not what I'm here to but, Okay. But it's not it, it doesn't have to be. It, it is a, a huge budget action over the top. The guys that did the Avengers movies, spy, cat and mouse, fucking shoot them up. And if that's what you want, it gives you it 100% on cocaine. Like, okay. it's so over the top with its action. And I think that the script, while this is going to sound stupid, is so much smarter than you. it should be. And then it's so much smarter than that fucking Thor movie that I just watched where they're trying so hard. You did hard end up seeing Thor? In the theater. Okay. It, 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 to be funny and clever. Well, they're, and not, they're not looking at the camera in this movie. No. And all of Thor and a lot of all, a lot of those fucking Marvel movies is 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 the movies stop dead because they're looking at you like, right? Right. We're too cool yeah. for the room, right? Yeah. <laughs> like they want to be, they're making these comic book movies, but they're also kind of doing this weird send up. 
mm-hmm. of a comic book movie where this movie is exactly what it says that it is. And you have Ryan Gosling, who is a really good actor, um, and he's really good in this role. Um, and then Chris Evans is so cartoonishly batshit crazy in this movie. I fucking love him in this movie, and I hope he gets more opportunities to be a character like this. There were two or three times where I laughed with my teeth out. Now, there's some embarrassing parts, and there's some parts where Billy Bob Thornton says things, and I'm like, Ugh. Oh, boy, he he really enjoyed his paycheck. He really <laughs> did. I mean, he's getting paid a lot, ain't he? When, when he's getting tortured, I was like, Oh, my they God. They didn't call for a second take after that I was one? Like, <laughs> I was like, why don't you send him back to the trailer and get a body double or something in here? Like, he doesn't want to be here. Ah. The part where he drops the grenade and Chris Evans goes, oh, you douche, and then throws the dude in front of him and jumps off the bridge. I fucking slapped my knee for 25 <laughs> goddamn minutes. Uh, I'm destroying an old building. Like he's just, He has all these great one-liners. He's so good at being quippy. He really is. Um, I didn't like Knives Out. I know you did. Um, I enjoyed Knives Out Everyone as well. did? Yeah. That's because you're all commies. Um, well, that's plays, fair. Which is fine. He plays a character like that in um, The Losers too, which no one saw. That's a bad movie, dude. Yeah, but he's. I think he, he, he kind of... He exercises those chops in yeah. the movie as well. He's real good at that. And uh, I forgot who told me that they said they thought that somebody wrote that part in that movie for someone like Jim Carrey. And somehow he was able to pull it off. And I was like, that's kind of spot on. I so, can see that. Yeah, he almost like kind of looks like Dr. Robotnik, Jim yeah. Carrey with the mustache. A little bit. Yeah. But I, I just thought that for what it is, it's exactly what it okay. is. And it does a great job of being what it is. And it's smarter than it. Not The plot isn't smart. But the actual, there's a scene where they're fighting in the middle of fireworks at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, you just had too much money. Um, but just, I thought that the dialogue and the actors, they kind of went all in. There's a female lead in this that is an action hero that I think does a tremendous job. And they kick the shit out of her, which I've always said this. It's like nobody has any problem with female action leads. What we have is if Angelina Jolie walks into a room with a bunch of 250-pound mercs, in ballistic armor with MP5s and kicks the shit out of them barehanded. Like, no one's going to believe that. There's a scene where her and Ryan Gosling are fighting this hitman yeah. inside of a hospital, and she's just that getting her ass beat. sequence is really cool. Really great fight scene. Not because of the ass beating, but like as, as just a fight choreography, but if that one's really if good. If you're going to be credible as a hitman, you're going to probably have to take an ass beating. Like, this is, this is going to be something where... Like, Ryan Gosling is getting stabbed and burned and shot every 10 seconds, where it's like, well, don't book a character differently because of their genitalia. Like, book them the same way. It's mm-hmm. the same capacity. So I thought that was refreshing. Um, and then I didn't mind, like, uh, the villains I thought were fine. The guy that plays the bad guy in this, I guess everybody knows who he is. Um, he's very good looking. I don't know. The, what is they said I had no idea who he's, he was. They said he was on Bridgerton. Don't know. Is that what, what the is, fuck is I that? think that's what... Don't, oh, Chester, I, this ain't going to work. Um, so... The well, thing, he is sitting there with that holding ready to shotgun beer. beer for quite some time. I know, but that means he watches Bridgerton, and it's just... He I didn't watch Bridgerton. it. I know of it. He hasn't seen anything else. All right, go ahead and shotgun your beer. Let's okay, do that. thanks. Um, yeah. Oh, this is, for, uh, this is for John Page. Or John Rage. Excuse me. John Rage. Form- the artist formerly known as John Ham Scammer. <laughs> uh, hey there, boy! <laughs> we call him a Ham Scammer. <laughs> John Scam. John Scam. Oh, good Lord. Oh, that took a little bit longer. Boy, you were loving that can, weren't you? Oh, Boy, yeah. I tell you what, he was giving, Oh my god! Oh, a, do- a, a double tap. Did <laughs> <laughs> you puke? Nope. <laughs> it's so much worse. He's still, he's still going, Dottie. He's still going, Dottie. Dottie, he's still going. Wait for the shakes. <clears throat> I'm good. <laughs> Whew. 
tell you what, the moisture in the air just goes up 25% after every time he chugs a beer. The humidity. That's, that's not just the thermostat. The barometers are oh, falling. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. Um, anyway, that was, a lot, that was a lot of me talking. You enjoyed this movie greatly, is what I believe is the summary of your... Uh, yeah. And especially in light of what people had to say about it. Now, I have to admit, I see if you're looking at it at face value, I think what it really wanted to be was a... A kind of real world action spy espionage thriller. You know that was realistic. Well, that's exa- I think that's what they wanted it to be. I think it ended up really just being a superhero movie with a lot of guns instead of superpowers. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Mission Impossible. I, I, I prefer guns to superpowers. I won't. You know, I won't disagree with you. <laughs> there, there were a couple spots. I I had a hard time suspending my disbelief throughout the entire. As much fun as it was, the. Uh, town square in Prague. I loved that part. I, but when he's just he's he's got three bullets in one pistol and then another bullet in another pistol and he's just sort of fending off you know an army of highly trained you know well, also, rogue agents. Chris Evans has been given enough power to have several different nationalities right, of hitmen slug it out with SWAT wants. teams yeah. in the middle yeah. of town square. I'm like, now he's protected by a concrete bench for how long? What, where did, where's the guy with the grenade launcher before? But well, they were fighting each other. You understand? Well, that goes. you know, there's only one paycheck for everybody. True. So it was that was the part where I kind of maybe checked out for a little bit. There's a lot to love in this movie. Um, I don't know if I enjoyed it anywhere near as much no, as you I don't, did. It's probably not capable. <laughs> it's difficult. I think the, and there was a line at the end when they're having their their. Uh, ultimate battle in the fountain. I know what line you're going to say, and I thought of dots in the second they said it. Let's see if these moves fuck. I fucking popped. I jumped up and started fist pumping, and my wife was playing Candy Crush. This is a, <laughs> this is a situation where I actually did the replay to put on closed captionings to make sure that's actually what he said. He pulls out the, the uh, butterfly knife, right? Now, that was awesome. Let's Any- see if these moves fuck. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> my eyes rolled so hard you could have heard them. Oh, that was you're no like- fun, goat. But I like that part. I love that part. <laughs> I think I might have uh, gotten grumpy when the, for the 48th false finish when he pulled her pulled the little girl into the hedge maze. Oh, you thought it was a false finish? Well, I you knew they were going to have to have the showdown I'm between like, those how two. How many times? Like, so Jesus I, Christ! I, you know, it, it, how many I'm, times do I have to watch the Capitals lose? Well, that's you know, that's that's it. Oh, I believe uh, that might the jugular. No, well, that might be related to a, a sequence in the movie where we talked about Sisyphus pushing the rock That's up the true. hill for the That's for all true. of eternity. And did he ever get there? Dunno. I thought that was well written too. Where he goes, yeah. did he like it? No, I don't think he did. I yeah, did good. he ever make it? We'll see. I actually enjoyed a lot of the more personal moments in the movie. I think those yeah. were the strongest parts for me, where we got to learn a little bit more. Without, um, and then the bombast was a nice kind of juxtaposition to that. I think my favorite sequence was when he went to visit the dry cleaner in germany okay. and he got set up with the trap door and even though that was a little kind of like that was campy, the most that guy that's that was the most ridiculous part yeah, that he could yeah. fill that well up Such enough to fucking oh, yeah. out the blow it up with a pipe that, he, that i meant the part where he got trapped in oh there. okay that was, right. yeah i kept thinking that guy was supposed to be somebody we recognized like that he was supposed to be like paul so. giamatti or yeah. somebody right no i, I kept is. staring at him going like is this a guy who's a character actor in something else he's not yeah, and I really enjoyed the um, the sequence in the apartment in Prague when he gets out to the to the trap door and and Alfred Woodard uh, ends up suckering those guys in 
for their fate. Yeah, she's yeah. she's too good to be in this movie too. Which was um, I, every time that I was like, oh, I recognize this person. Oh, yeah. look, who look, look who this is. You know, well, when you said that you knew her from uh, Star the, Trek: First Contact, I was kind of upset. I was like, that's not where you know her most from. It's from Scrooged. I know, but, but I, I, I know I That's... know her from Jean Luc blow up the ship. Like I understand, but Scrooge also she's a powerhouse in that. How many how many fingers does Mrs. Claus have? Eleven. It's crap. Get it off the wall. Um. All right. Well, fair enough. Well, yeah. I, there's no reason why you should like this movie as much as I do. There really isn't. I think the child actress is pretty good. She, yeah. She's the 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 girl from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, is she? That Rick Dalton's acting sure. with that, and I, I also love that scene that she's in in that movie. Yeah, like, she's great. When she's when they're when he's like reading like the you know the pulp western novel, and she's reading I don't know some some kind of like and just coughing and like, Fleming <laughs> like uncontrollably. Oh, dude, the, the on-screen <laughs> anger that he's got in that movie <laughs> is phenomenal. He's, yeah, he's putting his face in the ice cubes to get the swelling down. They, oh, they come God. in and try to talk to him, and he's still like he can't even barely even speak, and he's like smoking a cigarette. <laughs> And then he has the, the sequence where he says he's going to blow his brains out all over his pool if he doesn't embarrass himself in front of that little girl. I fucking love it. Great fucking movie. Did you like it at all, Dottie? It doesn't seem like your type of it was, movie. It was all right. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was it, it was very much just, and I, and I expected it to be just, it's going to be a shoot 'em up movie pretty much start to finish, and there's not a whole lot of backbone. Like, it's not like a Mission Impossible movie or something like that, but... Um, I like movies where they go a lot of different places. Like I love like the 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 travel aspect oh my of spy God. movies. Dude, you know? The locations uh, and I couldn't the, believe how many locations they and, shot. Like at. that that work for me is is you know and that's that always I will always pop for seeing like on site, on on screen locations just like in in a Bond movie or something like that. And, and I did see some people giving. Uh, giving crap to the amount of drone shots, but I thought they were perfect for the movie, and yeah. they looked beautiful. The amount of wide-angle establishing shots we got of these beautiful vistas, that's something that's always going to resonate with me in a movie. When I see something from an angle that I'll never possibly be able right. to see it from, that's always phenomenal to me. So I, I will definitely give it credit for looking amazing and globetrotting. I think if they had... I, I think it works because they have Gosling and they have Ana de Armas, like... Those are both two very good looking and charismatic people. A lot of I really like, good looking people. I like in this watching and, and Chris Evans, like I like watching those people in movies. Me if too. it was you know <laughs> I, I could and I can't pull someone. In a way know. that you might not. <laughs> Gosling was a brick oh, yeah, shit house yeah. cleaning yeah. up. Yeah. Holy shit. Go back and watch him in Fracture. He weighs like hundred and forty <laughs> pounds soaking yeah. wet. He's goddamn roided out of his mind in this thing. Yeah, I loved it. And they're making a second one. I'm steamed up. Did you see that? Not only making a second one, they're making a spinoff for I, one of the characters. I did see that. I wonder who. It, uh, I, I heard it for about four to five different people. Yeah, I heard a rumor it might be uh, the Lone Wolf. He's might the he's one of he's one of the best characters in the goddamn movie. But that's like I pure that speculation. Guy. But he would be. Yeah, I think he'd be able to carry a movie. He stabs him with a knife and then says, "Give it back to me." <laughs> I was fucking popping big time. I love the Lone Wolf. I do think it was hurt a little bit that I watched in order Sorcerer. Prince of Darkness. This is very game. different than it's those like, two yeah, films. Yeah, I was I was definitely in a different space than I, I probably should have been watching this one. So that was probably to its disadvantage. Um, you know, it's not, I don't have like a, a ton of really right, bad but do things you, to say about it. Though, do you agree though? For and you also do like remember Netflix movies used to be unwatchable. Mm -hmm. Like they would make mm -hmm. a Netflix movie. Like well, I don't. You, you're not getting me again. Starting with the fucking uh, Cloverfield. 
shit house yeah. that they fucking. Oh yeah, was it the the Cloverfield conundrum or whatever? Remember it was? Paradox, yeah, Cloverfield paradox. Yeah, they used to buy rights for movies that were too shitty to be released because people would watch them and say they're garbage and then release them. And now they're they're doing their own thing. And now I, that the Super Bowl's over, yeah. you can watch this. I haven't <laughs> seen. There's a Hemsworth one that everyone says is pretty good. Extraction. Uh, yeah, they're making a second one for that, and then um, there's this one and. It's not Bird Box. Like I watched Bird Box, and I was like, "What the?" I mean, don't forget Army of the Dead Fuck. was Netflix. That's they should be. They should not be allowed to make movies anymore because of <laughs> Army of the Dead. I'm not, I agree with you. Thank you. Uh, by the way, did that die on the vine quickly? Didn't it? Remember, we were supposed to have a whole cinematic universe. Give it time. There's always time for the internet to come back and bully Netflix into making them. Zack Snyder has got uh, uh, pictures of people on an island they shouldn't be on. That's the only thing that I can fucking <laughs> explain why that's, you know, that's, he keeps you getting the budgets that he keeps getting for that shit. <laughs> Store the Snyderverse shit. People still have the balls to say that. Didn't they come out and do a report that like 60% of the Twitter accounts that, that used the hashtag Restore the Snyderverse were fake. Bots. Yep. They weren't even real people. It's a fucking Rolling Stone article. Well, I mean, are you surprised at all Dude, about that? No, welcome to Twitter. No. It's just the yeah. worst. But, I mean, but how does a movie studio get buffaloed into to doing that thing? Somebody printed out a report and brought it in and said, look at this. People are dumb. They're going to love it. People yeah. don't, un- they don't know movies. <laughs> they just don't. They don't. Um, I, the, the, only, the only argument that I would make, and I want to keep arguing for a movie you guys feel the way that you do about it, is... <laughs> A, I think it shows that these Netflix movies are getting better, and B, it's a crazy Russo brothers, big budget over the top assassins flick, and for that it could have been so much fucking worse. And there was that's true. There's yeah. plenty of sequences in it that I really, um, really enjoyed. And now, do you get into the uh, kerfuffle surrounding their comments about going to the theater being an elitist activity because it's expensive? Oh, they're full and of shit. Yet they Fuck have them. a movie that's two hundred million dollar budget. I, I think people <laughs> use that. I, I I went crazy on this Jamie Lee Curtis fucking jag where she came out and said that. Marvel yeah, won't use a yeah. 65 year old woman. I, I think people, what they do is they know cards they can play in our current society that is going to garner them sympathy. And and, and I think that you, if you say, well, poor people can't afford blah, 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 well, no one's going to fight me on this. Everyone, when I had no money and I was homeless, I went to see movies. Yeah. You know, I was living in my fucking car. It, I'd cobble together six bucks. It's one of the things I did after I got laid off one time because I was like, you know what? I could spend two yeah. hours going to a movie instead of thinking about the fact that I have no job. And, and so. I think, and I think, I don't want to give them shit because they made Captain America: Winter Soldier and oh, they made yeah. Infinity War, which is a lifetime comic book reader. Where I could not be more grateful for those two movies. But goat. The one argument I can't get away from is in a movie theater, you have to sit and focus on the movie. Mm-hmm. These motherfuckers that think that the streaming shit is just the same thing. No, it isn't. You're sitting there. My, my wife does not not play Candy Crush when we watch movies. <laughs> and if I drag her to the movie theater, she can't do that it. She has to away. sit there and watch the fucking yeah. movie. I think that was them trying to garner some some uh, good faith with Netflix or other yeah, streaming. They because bigger... I don't think they're really beloved in Hollywood because okay. because you know right now they're viewed as making a lot of candy yeah and, and yeah, yeah right now like Marvel movies aren't the most popular thing from like an industry mm-hmm. viewpoint and so they're that's probably them trying to say like yeah we love Netflix woo Netflix well, please keep giving us money to make movies so that we have jobs and like, is it I think that's what I are, got from it are they throwing their hat into the ring for that debate from a couple years ago where you know streaming isn't cinema and it shouldn't be counted as an Oscar worthy piece of, of film just because it didn't go to the theater like is that is that where their their point is coming from do you think it, it could be i mean you know you can, and then you can pull in like all the stuff that scorsese has said about Marvel right that's what I'm, yeah and, yeah and maybe they're that's them you know passive aggressively trying to fight back which doesn't really do much for them but you know they just they just make 
movies like this. You know, sure. if they make something that has a little more substance, like it's cool. It's a big action movie. It doesn't have the flair that a Michael Bay movie. Yeah, would. but here's the problem. This movie's as good as Ambulance, and you, everyone, fucking came in here sucking off Ambulance, saying, "Oh my god, it's because well, Michael I, Bay." I liked Ambulance a lot more. Well, it's, you're wrong. Michael Bay has not has made so much fucking garbage in between. Whenever yeah. you think he was okay, and now they're like, "Oh, thank God, it's a fucking relief." Sure. There it's might the be a same movie. There. It's flashy and fucking whatever. Uh, and the dialogue in this movie is better than the dialogue in, in Ambulance. Suck my dick. So the the part of this too that I wanted to at least drive home is: Do you guys watch any rugby at all? Have you ever watched any rugby yeah. at all? There's a thing. There's rugby, and then there's rugby sevens, where it's like it's like arena football, where it's the same rules, but there's less people. The field is smaller, and so you're able to score more. And technically, it is the same sport, but it's not the same sport. Right. And for me, I, I think the movie thing would go away if the Academy just said best streaming movie. And I, okay. I, I think that that would be fine and nobody would – I mean, maybe people would bitch about it. I was it. about to say, you don't think that would cause a, a, a separate debate over, like, well, why are we being quarantined in this terrible category? Does anyone seem happy about anything? Well, just no. So. At but least I, – I think it's similar to how, like, a comedy never gets nominated for best picture. And why isn't television? It, I mean, why, why isn't it – why isn't it two, Why isn't that fucking Stranger Things bag of shit, that's, that series finale, which is two hours, why isn't that a movie? Because it's the same fucking thing. Right. Um, it's two hours you're sitting in front of with a big chunk of garbage that's yeah. being streamed well, to your television. And especially when the state of movies is you can't just see one. It's got to be right. three or seven or 12. And, you know, it's this whole series of everything. Right. So you have to have all that context going into the last one before what, you can enjoy it. Taylor Sheridan making 1883 is he's already come out and said, look, these are long movies. But basically, they're allowed because I can make this a TV show. I can mm -hmm. make it six hours where if Quentin Tarantino wants to make a six hour, they're going to tell Quentin Tarantino no. Some douchebag knows nothing about movies is going to tell Tarantino that he knows more and you can't make a six hour movie because you can't make a six hour movie Quentin Tarantino should make a Taylor Sheridan show where it's like let me make Kill Bill the six part fucking series well that's how many movies does he have one movie left in his in his quote unquote what like says. limit yeah. so then do you think that he stops making anything or do you think maybe he goes to series he's got like a nice loophole he? series. He could, yeah. he's got a nice loophole yeah. yeah he said movies he never said stop creating he yeah. could make he could make uh, he could do some TV killer shows. miniseries he, he's yeah. like he said before maybe it was just for press he said before like he wants to write for the stage like he wants to do he's weird. all sorts of crazy oh, stuff yeah, yeah. He's, he's he's weird definitely an odd dude yeah and and good you i, I think it's all good i mean we're yeah. getting tremendous entertainment now because the bar is raised and everybody's hungry for content whatever you want to call it i do think though that it's not exclusionary to say a movie is something that is in a movie theater mm -hmm. and it's something that is made for a movie theater. It's not made for a living room. And when it comes to your living room, fine, but you've missed seeing it. If I take a steak home from Morton's, it ain't going to be as good no. out of my fucking microwave. Now, yeah. would, you, still a steak. would you say that The Gray Man was, that feels like it was definitely made for the big screen? Yeah, I would like to have seen it in the e big screen. Even though they have, even though it's coming to your small screen, it feels like it, it was big enough in scale that seeing that on a large screen, I think, would have actually enhanced the experience quite a bit. Perhaps, go, but I don't think in the way movies are kind of packaged now with superheroes or nothing when it comes to action that people would have paid to go see that movie. I, I think that's that, a that's a fair point. You yeah, know what I mean? Sense. This is where it lives, where it can draw it, and the Netflix can look at it and say, look at this, 15 million people watch this piece of shit. Yeah, and I, I wonder if some of the Russos, uh, I guess, that, that statement they made, because their origins are in TV. Like yeah, they mm -hmm. they had you know it was Arrested Development and Community. They they did a lot of work on some TV shows. So I wonder if they're trying to like make that battle and something Monday for Nitro. them as well. 
Vince Russo. That's joke. their that's their third that's the third <laughs> that's Russo brother you don't second. hear very much about these days. <laughs> not a big place. Not a big demand for Vince Russo. <laughs> shit, is what I would say. Um, a lot of crash booking. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I'm glad you guys watched it. Thank you. Yeah. I just yeah, think that it's uh it's better than most of the other shit. It's um, definitely not worth the malignment that it's receiving. Yeah. Well, uh, from the critics, the agree, audience agree. again. The audience, yeah. the audience is steamed up. Uh, did you watch the Samaritan trailer? None of these other guys have. You even weren't aware have of it. Not, Nobody's no. aware of this. Are you watching? I watched it. What did you think, Jester? Uh, I liked it. Okay, it's, I, it looks horrible. So, no, it doesn't. <laughs> Jester, first of all, is wrong about everything. I proved it on the show this week. He thinks a peach pit is the hole around yeah, the peach that was, pit. That was hard to hear. That's rough. where the seed sits. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, sure. So, so that thing you're sitting in is a Jester pit. Everywhere he is, I'd is like a to throw him pit. in the Jester pit. Is what I'd like to do. Um, the uh, so you think goats? You, you clearly don't think I'm a smart guy, but goat is. You, you know, goat's intelligent, right? No, he's a mean son of a bitch. But, but is he smart? Do you think he's even if he's wow. cruel? Do you think he's? You That's know. another level entirely. Do you think he's intelligent? I think he's intelligent. Okay, yes. so so ask goat what a peach pit is. Goat, what's a peach pit? It's the rocks hard thingy inside of a peach. Hey, he may be intelligent, but he's a liar. All right, so. It's the entire thing that's inside of a peach that you can't eat. Every time I catch Jester overacting on the show, it just takes me right back to, but cheese and pepperoni would be nice. And I'm like, oh, God, just please buy us the freezer pizzas. Who eats a supreme pizza? Um, Samaritan is a superhero movie starring 172-year-old Sylvester Stallone of Rocky and ah. Rambo fame. And it's somewhat of an interesting, I, I said this about Hancock Goat, is I, I like when someone takes an oversaturated format and kind of brings a new angle Little to shift. it. Yeah, this is a unique superhero, and um, he's an old dude that is a trash man, and he like gets caught doing something superheroish. Oh, okay. And so this kid across the street sees him, and basically, it's he's trying to figure out. Oh my god, I think you're this superhero that used to be a really big deal back when my dad was a kid. Um, so the oh, that's co- wild. So he's and it's, living in retirement, yeah. basically. Okay, and it's sly. So I love, you know, I'm going to have a soft spot for it. The fucking trailer. They released it. It's an Amazon Prime movie. Oh. It looks like the Arrowverse. I mean, it's Aww. just, it's it's awful. Um, You, you really liked it, huh, Jimmy? I think it's going to be very entertaining. Uh, okay. It could be. Uh, I'm just saying the trailer doesn't look very good, which is not the be-all, end-all. But um, I do like the idea of t- doing something different. But Christ, am I ready for to move on from the superhero era, if we could possibly... <laughs> I can I can start see. stepping in that direction, but yeah, uh, you know maybe this is the lesser of two evils. If it's a little bit of a fresh angle on it, maybe it's uh, at least something new. What was that yeah. shitty horror movie that uh, I thought was going to be real good? The kid kills everybody. Brightburn. Yeah, that could. Oh, I never yeah. I never saw that one. Great concept, fabulous concept. Ended with like a lot of potential for a multiverse. The problem was movie real bad. So yeah. like, oh, that's a shame. But I do like the idea of somebody saying enough of this. Let's do something else. How about? This weird thing that nobody's what, thought of. Yeah, I mean that's why the boys is doing so well. You know, it's yeah. just gonna it feels so less different than a Disney Marvel movie. So yeah, idiot, what idiot. All right, um, excellent. So we got goats movie. What is goats Sicario? Extreme Prejudice. <laughs> Can we watch Sicario Star- too? Sure. I mean, who's stopping you? I'm never gonna tell you not to watch Sicario. I want to go home and watch Sicario. I think that's gonna be. The you way have my blessing. All right, very good. Uh, thank you to all of our uh, beautiful donators tonight. Very, very nice. John Rage, Corey Rita, Phil Croninger, Mark Borger, and to our audience, very, very kind. If you would like to come up for any of our nighttime shows, how do they do that, Jimmy? Do they shoot me a message on? Instagram, I know you keep talking about this private chat that won't go to the 500th episode, but is that the best way to... I mean, if, if these people won't come out to a live podcast, is that the best way to fucking... 
No, because you have to be invited to that. If you want, just Jim Jester on Facebook, reach out to me on Messenger. No okay. problem. All right, very good. Um, and two quick plugs. One is we have 23 Rodcast CDs left. And that oh, wow. is it. We will be sold out after that. I imagine it's too late if you're listening to this, so you're fucked. Um, <laughs> we got about, uh, I think, about 90 tickets left at the Tally Hub, which is not bad for the first day. Right on. So I kind of was hoping... Oh, yeah. A little bit faster, but I also don't have any patience at all. So if you'd like to, <laughs> I've uh, never noticed that before ever in your entire career. Tallyhotheater.com for tickets. Uh, we'd love to get that thing sold out. That'll be August 13th, the 500th episode. Dottie won't be there, but we hope you will be there. <laughs> Dotson, thank you, brother man. Of brother course, man. of course. Great time. The only problem is uh, I'm tired of talking. Well, oh, hold on. Thank you, Goat. No. Thank, and you. thank you, Jester. You were saying, Thank you. I mean, I don't know about you, but I could keep talking all night long. Well, I was trying to fucking say, I'm tired of talking, Dukes. I just want to go up to my shack and get drunk. <laughs>